Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joel Dells. And this is now episode 163. In this episode, we are going to give our free agency winners and losers so far, predict where Deshaun Watson might end up, talk about Tom Brady unretiring, and discuss Baker Mayfield's statement to Cleveland Brown fans. A quick Patreon shout out to Jeremiah, Dylan, Ifosa, Mason, Rico, Gentile Drew, Cade MVP, Mark, SP Vorzee Shot, Jordan, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the GOAT, Mayo, Andre, Matthew, Peter, Daniel, Biggie Boston Boy, Ben, Mickey, William, Tyler, Ruthless Rooster, Sensei Stevie, Joel B, S.A. Crimes, Kevin S, Eagle Dollar, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funkoed, Dylan, Playboy Dom, Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Greg, Cole, Liam, T. Grove, Tua Sucks on Car, Ryan, Epic Lankiness, Travis Ball, Aaron, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Ruben, Dave, Muffins, John, Sean, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Dot, George, Hakari, Mateen, and Jay Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua. What a list. Let's get it going. I stumbled a little bit. I had to refresh the page. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone's looking at their phone that quick second, like my podcast right. stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. That, that edit was... that. I'm going to edit that out okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, Maybe. There you go. I don't have to. <laughs> now, now, yeah, now it's over. Right. Now yeah, I don't have to. About it, it's no, yeah. no, because it's like people that are listening right now, I just said I'm going to edit it out. They're not going to know what I edited out if I edit it out. Interesting. But now if I don't edit it out, they're going to know that I was planning on doing it, but I didn't. But they know that I was mm. going to edit it so out. Now, complicated so complicated start to the show. So now you're Very not. complicated. No. It depends. I'm really tired right now. It gives the show lazy. some character. You know? Yeah. I like it. Personality. I like sure. it. So not before before perfect. we started the show, actually breaking news happened. Von Miller signed for six years, $120 million. Good job, Vaughn. Von Miller. Get in the bag. Get He's still a great player. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Bro, we, weren't we talking maybe the last show or the one before when we were talking about Vaughn possibly going to Denver? You said that he's no longer great. He's just good situationally. Is I didn't, I didn't like the Denver fit. But Buffalo, what's what's different? He's still going to McDermott. Guy, he's still going to rush the passer. Sean McDermott, defensive guru. Does Von he's Miller need a defensive guru? No, he's Von Miller. He doesn't need to be coached up anymore. Come on, man. He'll do it the helps. coaching. It Shaq helps. and a fool. It helps. I'm sick. Definitely he went to helps. Buffalo. He's going to be terrorizing Zach Wilson. I would. I would. Ed like Oliver, Greg Rousseau, so, yeah, Von Miller. This is exactly what the Bills are missing. And hey, you know. Last week when we talked about the Russell Wilson thing, you know, him going to the Broncos, it was all cool and dandy. And, you know, Drew was expecting flowers at his feet. Oh, Super Bowl champions, it's stamped. That's what's going to happen. But he still believes it. this free agency, you know, you came into it like, man, Von Miller, Bobby Wagner. Maybe Bobby Wagner goes, I don't know. But you were like, Von Miller, Chandler Jones. You ended up with Randy Gregory. Next best thing. I'm not upset. We'll take it. He's the third best available. True or false? Yes, he. Rather have Son Reddick. Okay. Matt Ioannidis is also a free agent now. Yeah. Interior, though. But regardless. We got our interior. Yeah. DJ Jones, are you kidding me? That's well, a nice, nice pickup. All day. Listen, I'm not going to complain <laughs> about this free agency yet. Got Russell, DJ Jones, Randy Gregory on a beautiful contract. Got to bring a couple of those on. boys in the secondary. And back. once Bobby comes in, it's a wrap. 
Callahan's coming back. Him and I spoke privately. You also say Kareem Jackson's coming back. That I do believe. Okay. So both. So you're yeah. just losing Fuller, basically. And we'll live with that. So Tan's taking a leap. Or losing all of them. That's a possibility, too. It's <laughs> a possibility, too. I mean, it's going to be a great show. I'm actually a bit, uh, I'm a bit, uh, a little drowsy, a little out of it. That, too. But I'm a bit worried that while we're oh, recording, wow. a lot of moves are going to happen. That's why bro was procrastinating the start of the show so much. Had yeah. to be. Had to be. I feel like once we start recording, there's going to oh, be Bill's like. Bill's also signed OJ Howard. That's a great move for them. They have Dawson Knox there already, but OJ Howard is, you know. They waited, nice they waited until we started the show for them to do their moves. Yeah, because an, today damn. is. I would like OJ Howard on the Jets. Today is officially Osama. the start you know, of the new year. Of the new season. For sure. Uh, like the past two days, players have been unofficially like agreeing to deals, but no, nothing nothing has been stamped until now. Now is when you can, you know, stamp things. So that's where now is where, like, yeah, now is where we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, big time moves happening, even though a lot of big time moves did happen already. JD McKissick's uh, going back Switched. to Washington. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Him and Gregory both kind of flip flops. That last sucked, minute. man, because he was going to be so perfect for Buffalo. That happened with us and Anthony Barr a couple of years ago too. We were supposed to get Anthony Barr. Yeah. Anthony Barr. I mean, though. it ended up working out, but yeah, he we were expecting to get him. He stayed in Minnesota. And he stayed in Minnesota. He stayed yeah. in Minnesota, and he wasn't very good. But for sure, just wouldn't be another contract. I was going to say regretted. two two linebackers that you just would absolutely not Missed like them. to have at all. Wow. So let's start off the show. Let's start with our free agency winners. Um, and before we actually start. I said we're going to start this over before we start. Make sure to rate our podcast on Spotify and on Apple. It helps us out a lot. We're trying to get to 300 reviews on Spotify and 200 on Apple. That would help us out tremendously. And I also made the descriptions of our videos more simplistic. So you guys can follow us on social media. Just go to the description. You're going to see it. I just have the Twitters up there because, you know, through Twitter, you can find us virtually anywhere. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter is the main thing. It's the main thing. It's got to be. Let's start off with free agency winners. Right. Um, a lot has happened over the past two days, and stuff is currently happening right now. We just saw the Bills make uh, two big-time moves in, in signing O.J. Howard and Von Miller. That's huge for them. But who are your free agent winners so far? What teams stand out to you that, that made some great moves in free agency? All right, I guess I'll go first. Right before you go, right. the O.J. Howard deal, it's only one year, three and a half million, up to five. So a very cheap deal. I'm sick. The Jets and jump in there. I like Uzama, but we need to have a tight end. All right, my free agent winners. One of them has to be the New York Jets. You guys went above and beyond. You guys brought in every need that you guys had. It seemed as if you guys had addressed it in these past couple of days. You needed a couple of pieces in the secondary. You go and you bring in Jordan Whitehead. You go and you bring in DJ Reed. Firm. Corners, I think you guys will address in the draft, so I'm not too pressed about it. It would have been tough for you guys to get one of the upper echelon corners. And let's be real, they're really outside of JC Jackson. Was there any corner that you guys desperately wanted? DJ we did Reed. get DJ. We got oh, DJ Reed. I'm, I'm, I thought he played safety. No, corner. he's corner. Interesting. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, I guess you, you can't be too upset at that either. You bring in CJ Uzama when you guys had a desperate need for tight end. Last year, you guys were running Tyler Croft, and you guys preached to me nonstop how you guys were absolutely done with having him be your starting tight end. So you bring in CJ Uzama, who just came off his best statistical season with the Bengals. That's to the crib. And then you bring in Lincoln Tomlinson to continue to add on to this offensive line to to protect Zach Wilson, which is essentially the main purpose is to put 
Zach Wilson in a position to be successful. Now things are coming into place for, for the Jets. Now you guys have two per, uh, two really great draft picks this this upcoming draft that you can use to address maybe getting another corner and, and maybe getting Zach Wilson another weapon on the outside. Zach Wilson's now going in with C.J. Uzama. You have, you have Elijah Moore. You're going to have Corey Davis. Braxton Berrios is now resigning. I thought that was really huge, especially yep, because that. Braxton Berrios was the mm-hmm. one guy there that was with Zach towards the back half of, of the season where Zach really started to to grow into his own, really start to to break out to a degree. Statistically wasn't there, but watching the game, you saw him go through his progressions a lot smoother. He made a lot more smart decisions. And Braxton was there, and you, you're, you're happy to bring him back. All pro returner. That's always great to have as well. You want to make sure that your special teams unlock, and Berrios definitely does do that. So Jets are definitely one of my winners. Number two, and this one's unfortunate, you got to give it to the LA Chargers. Chargers have had a spectacular offseason. Bring in J.C. Jackson. I think it was a five-year, $82 million, $84 million, something around those lines. Sebastian Joseph, defensive tackle. That's huge, especially because they were amongst one of the worst run-stopping defenses in the league. And then you add Khalil Mack on a no-brainer trade. I believe they gave up a second round and a fifth round pick, sixth round, sixth round pick. You do that with your eyes closed, especially now that you're pairing Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa. And I thought, ah, oh, man, Khalil Mack was really irrelevant last season. You look, he missed time. He had almost a sack in every single game last season that he played. He was great. If you average it out in terms of the games that he played. I believe he played I think nine games. I think he had eight sacks. He was great. So now you bring that to pair with Joey Bosa. They're going to be virtually unstoppable. So these are my two winners. Yeah, um, I agree. Chargers and Jets. I have one other team, but I want to talk about the Jets a little bit because that's our squad. You know, that's the team that we've been riding down for for these last basically our entire lives. So Joe Douglas, he's been my guy. You know, he's someone that when we first got him, he's, he's not in his head over here. I can't stand him. Joe Fraudless. That was we were two hours in or no, we were two hours in a free agency or with 30 minutes. I don't know. We were. For within the first couple hours, and this guy over here is calling him Joe Fraudless, and then he goes, typo. "Oh, my bad, I forgot." It was supposed to say "applaud." Applaud. Yeah, mm. yeah. I hate when that happens. Applaudless. Yeah. <laughs> Ty- typos suck sometimes. Yeah, sometimes typos they do. Suck sometimes. But you mentioned it. We had holes at guard, safety, corner. We still have other holes waiting to address, like wide receiver. I think we need another linebacker, interior defensive line as well. But overall, what I love the most about all the signings these Jets made. One, a lot of these guys come from championship teams. Lakin Tomlinson, guard from San Francisco. He was on that Super Bowl roster. He was also on the team last year who went to the NFC Championship game. He's played 16 games for four straight seasons. In seven years, he's only missed one game. That's been one of the biggest problems with the Jets over the last few years is everyone gets hurt. And Lakin Tomlinson is you know, a pillar of stability, someone who's going to be durable, being able to stay healthy and really hold down that right guard position. He was the 13th ranked guard by PFF. More of a run blocker than a pass blocker, but that's fine because LaFleur's offense is still going to run in that power zone scheme. Jordan Whitehead, another player on the Bucks, won a championship just two years ago with Tom Brady. Someone who has physicality, someone that is going to be a clear upgrade at safety, whether he plays strong or free safety. He he plays really well in the slot. You know, he he lined up almost 200 snaps in the slot, and he was one of the better slot um, in this in this case, slot corners, even though he does play safety, but he's a great run defender as well. Someone who's only 25 years old, two years, 14 million, a very cheap contract, especially when you compare it to someone like Marcus Williams, who got 14 million dollars from the Ravens. Obviously, he could do a bit more in coverage, but even still being able to get someone who allowed the fourth lowest quarterback rating when targeted and he's still considered a run 
like a run, you know, supporting safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And then talking about DJ Reed, someone from Seattle, three years, 33 million. Corner was a huge need for us. And he's someone who's versatile. He played left side, right side. He also played the slot later or earlier in his career, only 25 years old. At first, you might see his 5'9 frame and think he can't be physical or can't really play up to up to par with these guys who are six foot six one and taller but he, he plays physical he's only five nine one ninety but he's someone who's going to get in your face he's good against press he had some really good I saw some uh some tape on Twitter of him against Devontae Adams he was had a few snaps there where he really shut him down too obviously throughout the game Tay's going to get his but just being able to do that and have those moments where you could be a shutdown corner he was ranked as the eighth best corner by PFF I was actually shocked to see Seattle let him go I know they re-upped uh Quandre Diggs but I would expect Someone like DJ Reed to be high on their list. Someone who's 25 ascending, only getting better year after year. And CJ Uzama, a steady tight end, not flashy, but just had a career high in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Someone who's a security blanket for Joe Burrow. I think he's going to do the same for Zach Wilson. So the fact that you're getting all of these guys who have been on winning teams, can bring a winning culture to the Jets. Most of these guys have stayed healthy. CJ Uzama dealt with injuries in 2020, but since 2018, he's been extremely durable, only missing a handful of games here and there. And that's really been the biggest issue with the Jets over these last few seasons. So overall, I think these guys not only are good players on the field, but also bring good culture to the Jets. That was beautiful. Um, I'm going to talk about the Jets. They're definitely one of my winners, but I'm going to save the best for last. Because I got a lot to say about them. You you mentioned it. The Chargers. They, to me, won this free agency period by a, a landslide. Even at, over your Jets. At, yes. At least in the beginning of in the beginning stages of this free agency, they've won. J.C. Jackson, five-year, $82.5 million deal. Sebastian Joseph Day. Austin Johnson, he also got from the Giants, Khalil Mack. When they got Khalil Mack, it was always, the the new thing was, well, uh, they need a defensive tackle. Uh, They signed J.C. Jackson first. Then it was like, oh, they still need a defensive tackle. Boom. A couple hours later, Sebastian Joseph Day going to the Chargers. The Chargers are now the best team in the AFC West. I don't care. We're going to talk about the AFC West later, and I'm going to go in depth on it. To me, they are Super Bowl contenders, and man, the only thing that can stop them is injuries. Khalil Mack was hurt last year. We know Joey Bosa doesn't have the best history of staying healthy. Derwin James is, is like that as well. But this Chargers defense is going to be great. The offense was already great last year. They want to me the free agency period. Next up, Baltimore Ravens. Marcus Williams. They've needed a safety that's a ball hawk like Williams. You look at the history of players who have played that position for them. Ed Reed, Rod Woodson. Like they they need that ball hawk, somebody that can create turnovers, and that's what Marcus Williams is. He I would have loved him to be on the Jets, but. You know, the, the Ravens paid a little bit more than Joe Douglas was willing, willing to pay him. And the Jets probably would have to pay even more than that because he wants to probably play for a contender. You guys yeah. aren't contenders? Not, I don't think, in Marcus Williams know, or the rest of the NFL size. Bastard. I, <laughs> uh, that's really funny coming from you. Um, <laughs> team's better than yours. Marcus Williams. I thought it was great signing for the Ravens. And then they got Zadarius Smith, who used to be a Raven, left to go to Green Bay. Green Bay now, they cut him, so... He was a free agent. Going to Baltimore, I think 
Jason Owe with Zadarius Smith there is going to be good. Who knows if they bring back Calais Campbell, but that would be a huge get if they can bring him back. This Ravens defense looks like it can go from one that was mediocre this past season to now being a top 10 defense again because they're getting Marcus Peters back. They still got Marlon Humphrey. They got Marcus Williams now. You have an elite edge presence in Zadarius Smith when healthy. And Owe, I think he was raw, but he finished top 30 in pressures this past season. He's a guy who has all the physical tools to be a great player. He might come into his own this upcoming season. So the Ravens won as well in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think getting Levi 100%. Wallace, he's a starting corner. He instantly becomes their best corner. Getting James Daniels, who I think you can place him anywhere. Right guard, left guard, center. It doesn't matter. He's versatile. His natural position is center, and that's what he played in college. He also played about like uh, 400 snaps of it in 2019 or 2018. So James Daniels is, is versatile, and I think he's, he's going to improve their offensive line. They signed Miles Jack. You now have Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, and Devin just cut Bush. Joe Sherbert. Joe Sherbert just got cut. I was expecting Literally that right because now? like ten minutes ago, yeah. Yeah, I was expecting that because you know Save about ten mil. Yeah. You just brought in Miles Jack. He's basically a more athletic version of Joe Schobert, even though he struggled this past season. I think the Steelers, Devin Bush and Miles Jack, the athleticism they bring at that yes. position and coverage is going to be huge. If they can be disciplined, this is a huge get. And I thought Mitch Trubisky was a good signing. I know people are, you know, they they have this negative perception about Mitch Trubisky. I think he was scapegoated in Chicago. I'm not the biggest Trubisky fan, but I give guys fair chances. And I can say with certainty that Mitch Trubisky is going to be a better quarterback this upcoming season for the Steelers than Big Ben was for the Steelers this past season. And now Mitch is going to have his best supporting cast of yeah. offensive weapons he's ever had. But now to the New York Jets. I don't think, I don't quite think the NFL is ready for what the New York Jets are about to become. The guys we signed, you mentioned it, Lakin Tomlinson, championship pedigree. He didn't win it, but he got there to the Super Bowl and then the NFC Championship. He has a winning mentality. Hasn't missed a game since 2018. Jordan Whitehead, physical safety, great at stopping the run in a division where we have to face Josh Allen. We're not worried about Tua. We have to face Josh Allen, who runs and averages 56 yards per game rushing on us. Jordan Whitehead was a huge get. We don't got to worry about Mac Jones or Tua, though. They're not going nowhere. Championship player, Jordan Whitehead, won it with the Bucks in 2020. C.J. Uzama got to the Super Bowl with the Bengals, was the heart and soul of that team, leadership-wise, played through an injury. And D.J. Reed, I mean, this guy, even though he, he hasn't won in Seattle much or at all, in 2019, he was on that roster in San Fran. He was there. He was on that team that made the Super Bowl. He didn't play much, but he was on that team. He's one of the best run stoppers at the corner position. He's one of, one of the better tacklers at the corner position. He's undersized, but he's physical, and he plays taller than he is. The Jets signed a bunch of winners, proven players that stay healthy for the most part. And we're not done yet. And the league <laughs> is not—I I, I tweeted this out the other day, and 
People seem to think I'm joking when I tweet these things out. It's not for reaction. I tweeted, the AFC is going to be absolutely stacked at quarterback. It was a picture of Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Zach Wilson. People laugh at that picture, and they say, one guy doesn't deserve to be here. Okay, come back and say that next year after this season and see what happens. I found it just super ironic that he included Herbert, but not his boy Burrow. That's what I honestly Herbert is more talented. That's why I gave him the nod. Interesting. We had very long debates about Herbert and Burrow back in the day, but I'm not going to get on my Back in the day, it was like a couple weeks ago. Even worse. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Whether it's... Whether it's this upcoming season or in year three, Zach Wilson's going to take that leap. So and now we're pushing it back another year now. And some, uh, that's usually what it is sometimes. See, Josh Allen blossomed in year three. That's what it was. Made the playoffs in year two. Okay, but he became elite in year three. Are you guys making sure. the playoffs? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Right. I like that. The AFC is stacked. Okay, you're not making the AFC playoffs. AFC is stacked. Right. We, we're going compa- to be in the wild card hunt the come Jets, December for sure. The Jets will be in the hunt for a playoff spot for sure. I'll tell you this, though. We're finishing second in the AFC East, without a doubt. Yeah, I We're like going that. to be better than Miami. We'll be better than New England. New England's going to fall off because we've seen this in the past where usually teams who sign a lot of free agents, the like the notion is they take a step back in year one. But over the last few years, the teams that have spent the most actually get worse in year two. Year one, they get a little bit of a bump. Year two, they come down a bit. And I think... Josh McDaniels left. Josh McDaniels also left. I think New England got figured out. New England got figured out down the stretch, and we saw that Mac Jones started to regress down the like middle of the season. They were disgusting, right? We thought you know they had a chance to be a a sleeper for the Super Bowl. It it became obvious down the stretch that their offense got figured out. The defense is still going to be great, but they're just extremely limited, especially with their weapons. As I was saying, people seem to think I'm joking about that. That I do it to get reaction. Maybe that's a part of it, because I know people think it sounds crazy but working from home there we go is that you is that you (laughs) it might have been yeah i just edited that out people seem to think that i'm crazy when i do that i know when people see those pictures they think it's crazy but the thing is is that mine's muted yours okay I'm saying I don't have anything open, but go ahead. People seem to think that I'm crazy for saying that. But the truth is that I'm just a visionary. That's all it is. I like that. And I see what Zach Wilson is going to become. I see how he carries himself as a franchise quarterback. And the Jets, behind the Chargers, won free agency. And we're not done yet. We're not, not done. My favorite part about the Jets move so far and what I've seen over the roster construction over these last two years is you have to build the foundation before you could go out and spend all of this big money on marquee free agents. We saw McCagnan in 2019. The Jets didn't have a foundation. We had a bad offensive line. The defense wasn't there. We didn't have the pieces to be able to go out and get the CJ Mosley's and the Le'Veon Bell's because there was nothing behind them. So when you spend all of this money on these top-tier guys and you have no depth behind them, it's not going to work out. We're going to get into the losers a little bit, and I feel like one of these teams is kind of like that too. These 2022 Jets, on the other hand, 
the foundation's been built over these last two seasons. The offensive line is has the potential to be a top five in the league if Mekhi Becton can stay healthy. We have depth at receiver. We have a starting running back. We have guys on defense now that we could go out and spend some money to get the star players, right? DJ Reed and, and Whitehead might not be stars, but they're going to be clear upgrades without paying 15 to $20 million like we've seen with the J.C. Jackson of the world, like Marcus Williams got. And Joe Douglas is always going to be very smart with his money. And all of these contracts are two, three-year deals. We're not signing five-year contracts and getting stuck you know, in these long-term deals where we're going to be a guy that's 34 years old. We have to you know, pay him a $20 million cap hit. It's $10 million in dead money if we cut him. Joe Douglas is going to do that. Lincoln Thomason is the only player who's 30 or older. All these other guys are around 25. Before you paint... You got to put the sheetrock in. And that's what the New York Jets are doing. I want to speak to every Jets fan that's watching this right now. We're heading in the right direction. The Jets, the New York Jets, once a franchise that's a laughingstock and some people still want to laugh at us, is now becoming a respectable organization because of that man, J.D. Joe Douglas. That's why. And because he drafted the right quarterback and Zach Wilson. This free agency, DJ Reed, Lakin Thomason, Jordan Whitehead, CJ Uzama. Don't sleep on the Jets. We're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. That's for sure. And a couple names I just wanted to mention that we skipped over for the Chargers and Ravens. Chargers won, re-signing Mike Williams. Three years, 60 million. It does seem like a lot of money, but they could get out of it in two seasons. 2024, they could cut him with little dead money. And then the Ravens brought in Morgan Moses, a huge upgrade, I think, at tackle. He was a top 20 uh, run blocker, according to PFF. That was a definitely a need for them, offensive line as well as defense. So those are just two names we skipped over, but important to highlight. All right, so you're saying that the Jets can compete for a playoff We're going to be in the hunt. All right, yeah, I'm sure. going to name some teams. You tell me if you think that you guys can finish over them. The Bengals. You can finish over the Bengals. Yeah. I'm going to give the Bengals their respect. All right. Well, the Raiders were in the pl- in, in the playoffs yeah, last year. We'll be better than the Raiders. You guys do believe you're going to be second in the East, so I'm assuming you're going to be higher than the Patriots. This like is po- not like a definite, but possibility, yes. Okay, Patriots. And Dolphins. Okay, Steelers. Yes. Colts. Yes. I agree. Broncos. No. Chargers. No. Ravens. No. All right. Clearly, Chiefs, no. Nope. Bills, no. Nope. Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. Weak division. Interesting. We'll be better than Jacksonville. I think it's Tennessee. easier to say like what teams will make the playoffs over us. Like that's why I'm naming I'm naming playoff th- teams. This is how I view things. We're gonna be better than the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Texans, and maybe the Colts. I think the AFC South there's a possibility the team that wins that division only wins like eight games. The only, there's only four teams I see without a doubt being better than us. The Bills, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. What about us? Sorry, um, not the Raiders, the Broncos. Those are the only four teams where you I think without a doubt. There. You got to put the Bengals there, bro. I know. Why, you're really low on them. I'm not, low on, made the Super Bowl, I'm not low on the Bengals. I just, it's such, the NFL is such a year-to-year league where like things change so easily that I don't see the Bengals repeating it and, and going to the Super Bowl again. Like Joe mentioned, I mentioned the teams that will be better than us. AFC West, three teams for sure. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. AFC East, the Bills. Um, AFC North, 
the Ravens, Bengals. Like we got to remember, the Bengals they went ten and seven. The last they were a game playoff, away from the not making the playoffs. Spot AFC South. I think only one team in the AFC South will be better than us. That's it. I think the Jets will be the between the eighth to tenth best team in the AFC. So you guys won't get in. Well, you know, you never know. I mean, we're, we're going to be, be in, in the hunt, hunt. because uh, they're. Okay. That's the only thing about Cincy. I understand they went to the the Super Bowl, but it's not like they were dominating the entire league. They went fourteen and three, and they just coasted. Like they went ten and seven. They lose one game, I mean, they're, they were, they're out they of the playoffs. A, they were a young raw team. And they, they were, were just. So but then they also played the Raiders. We, in the Super Raiders Bowl. round one, a pretty weak playoff team. Tennessee round two with a hobble Derrick Henry, seed. but uh, one of the worst number one seeds we've seen in a while. And then they, to their credit, they beat KC and they went and, and lost in the Super Bowl. But like the Raiders in Tennessee, it's not like they're these world beaters. You know, they, they were decent. They were good teams. But if you just look a possibility, it wouldn't like who would have thought the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl next year? So or last year? So I can't be like, there's no way we can be, we can't be better than the Bengals next year. We got we got bigger fish to fry. I have some we could say, but we got other things to talk about. So just to recap, our free agency winners. These are the teams I think won that are winning free agency so far. The New York Jets, L.A. Chargers, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Buffalo Bills. I put the Bills there. Buffalo I, Bills now are winners after one. Von, Von Miller is huge. And, and O.J. And Roger another weapon. They already had Tim Settle. They already, though. They need another weapon. Bro, they Tim Settle. They need another weapon, sure. For sure. Bro, Which Tim is why Settle. before we recorded, they were one of my losers. Because they'd made no moves. Bro, Tim Settle, Roger Saffold, Von Miller. O.J. Howard, that's a great free agency. I also and if they, not, if not they, were, they brought if in they Von were, Miller, I can. I and if can get they would have gotten J.D. McKissick, oh my gosh! No, JD not McKissick getting J.D. McKissick was was definitely a big part of it. They got played there, and way around it. And one team that we didn't mention that I still think are winners, even though they lost a couple of guys. Um, I think Tampa Bay. You know, getting Tom Brady back, um, being able to get um, they lost Jensen retired, Kappa, Shaq Mason. Yeah, they traded for Shaq Mason Russell and Russell Gage, Gage too. Russell Gage. I'm trying to pull up because I can't remember the uh, the name of the offensive lineman they re- they retained. Jensen, Ryan Jensen, your center. I thought he no Ali Marpet. Ali Marpet retired. There it is. Jensen, yeah, who seemed like he was on the fence about leaving. There was a whole bunch of teams that were interested in him. He ended up coming back because of Brady bringing in Russell Gage because you're going to lose Antonio Brown. He's not going to be back. And I understand losing Alex Kappa hurts to Cincinnati and OJ Howard to an extent, but they just brought back Cameron Bray on a restructured deal. So, and on top of it, getting Tom Brady to come back. So your winners are? My winners are the New York Jets, Chargers, Ravens, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My winners actually are the Chargers, the Jets, and I have the Bengals as my winners as well. You have aware last year their biggest hole was offensive line. And they happen to make it to the Super Bowl with one of the the excuse me. They happen to make it to the Super Bowl with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Now they go out and they bring in two offensive linemen to fill those needs. Ted Karras, who had a great uh, pass block grade of seventy six point nine, and you bring in Alex Kappa, who's pretty solid on both sides, run block and pass block. I think that was great addition to this offensive line and. Off, um, free agency is still going. They still have cap room. They still can make a play for Teron Armstead. So I definitely look at the Bengals as one of my winners as well. There's also a video circulating of Gronk saying there's a very good chance to be back in Tampa. No surprise, but getting him back is going to be huge too. Definitely. Yeah, I was expecting him to be back. Yeah. He After Brady announced he was back, yeah, I expected that. Brady's such a clown, man. He's so He is so crazy. 
Oh, really? You just saying that because she's better than Payne? Clown in like a, a, the best sense possible. Okay. Like he's just, funny just sure. for leaving and coming back. Of course. Respect that man. You can be a clown in a good way. Respect that man. I do respect him. I just don't like him. Respect that man. I love Tom Brady. He's definitely not my favorite in the world, but I definitely I acknowledge his greatness. We talked about winners, so it's only right that we do the opposite and talk about losers All now. Right. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think the biggest loser in free agency thus far has been the Indianapolis Colts. Without a doubt. They have so much cap space, and every year, this is a story with them. Chris Ballard, he's a great drafter. Every season, he has a ton of cap space, and he never makes big-time moves. The Colts, yeah, they got Yannick Ngakwe. I thought that was a, a pretty good get. But quite frankly, Max Crosby carried that defensive line last season. Ngakwe, I don't think the Colts are going to get elite-level production out of him. Coming to the offseason, the Colts needed these things. They needed a left tackle. They lost Glowinski to the Giants, a guard. They have yet to fulfill any of those needs. And they needed a weapon. They needed another wide receiver opposite of Pittman. And they also need a quarterback now because they have they traded Carson Wentz. They have not addressed any need, significant need, this offseason. Yes, they got an edge rusher in Yannick Ngakwe, but they traded one of their better corners in Rakia Sin, and now they're thin at corner. The Colts, to me, have lost this free agency period so far. For them to have no so much cap space and not make any moves is utterly ridiculous. 100% going to back you on that. You trade Carson Wentz now to free up all this cap space for you to essentially back yourself into this corner where, one, who's going to be our option now? Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield? Is that is that is that the silver lining? Is that what Colts fans should be looking forward to? Oh man, and cracks me up. Having addressed cracks me up. Having addressed their number two option at the wide receiver position to pair with Michael Pittman, either it's been a, a very shocking offseason for the Indianapolis Colts to make zero moves with the number one most cap space in the NFL is shocking to me, without a doubt. Everyone was telling me how, you know, trading Carson Wentz was this great deal. You know, he you, we were going back and forth with him and Jimmy G. Jimmy G, by the way, who's not going to be able to throw a football until August. So let me know how that's going to go. Um, and now there's talks about go. he's going to be healthy. Now there's talks about Deshaun going it. to Cleveland and maybe maybe and he can get Baker now. Right. That, that's going to be great. Baker Mayfield. He's been fantastic <laughs> so far for sure. But it cracks me up, honestly, because everyone was just telling me that you should trade Carson Wentz. You save $23 million. And we had a discussion saying how I don't think Jimmy G is going to fit because they don't have weapons. And your debate was, oh, they have all this cap space. They could go and get all of these guys. They can. They haven't. Like who, though? They can. They haven't. Like they could get they got Al Robinson. Robinson. They could have got Michael Gallo. There's guys out there. Listen, listen, there's listen. guys out there. But, but before you finish, just listen to this real quick. It, it just kills me. It cracks me up. because I said they they're can. They're not getting anything close to what San Francisco has. <laughs> I said they can get. They can. Whether they do or not is up to our them. argument, because me and Drew were on the same side, were, was that they're not going to have the weapons close to what San Francisco is going to have. Even if they bring in these tier three guys at this point, it's not going to come best close. Best case and Jimmy scenario G's, is Allen Robinson. Yeah. That's best and, case scenario. And that would be a good sign for it them. But be. I don't think – what has what have Chris Ballard, the culture of the last few years, that they're going to go and spend money for Allen Robinson? You're right. Also, I want to say this. I have the Colts as my loser. There's no doubt. I have them. They're losers right now. Who's to say free agency just like really kicked off now? Like now, they can make now, moves. 
Who's to say they don't land a Teron Armstead and then an Allen Robinson? That was one of my guys. They can still make so that, that this might this might age poorly because in the next couple of days they can get some significant talent to upgrade that roster. What are they waiting for though? I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe Teron Armstead. Well, I mean, it's just his, been too. Late. I saw his Armstead. History, I also saw Armstead was waiting to see what happens to Deshaun because if he goes back to New Orleans, he would be open to returning. Obviously, it makes sense. Very interesting. Um, another loser. I want to get your guys' take on this because okay. this team spent the most money. The Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And most of the times when we see teams that go out and spend all of this money, they typically don't end up on the loser list, right? We usually talk about them as winners. But I tweeted this out, or maybe I don't remember if I texted or tweeted, but. This this offseason reminds me of what the, the Patriots did last season. They went out, they had all of these needs at, at wide receiver, weapons in general. They got a couple tight ends, but they went and sped big on Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Janu, Hunter Henry, all guys who are nice complimentary pieces, but they paid them like they were going to be staples of the offense, and they simply weren't. Kendrick Bourne is probably the best out of the four, and even still, I look at him as a mid to bottom wide receiver too. And they're paying him pretty significant money. And to me, this is what Jacksonville did. Signing Christian Kirk to a four-year... year, 23 million. It's not bad. Kendrick Bourne? Yeah. I don't remember the contract at the top of my head. I think that... that I Aguilar's think contract was, was when that was Was bad. worse. It's two for 24. That's not good. Signing Christian Kirk to a four-year, 72 million, 37 million guaranteed. Now, sure, you could get out of it in a few years. But even still, you're paying Kendrick... You're paying Christian Kirk like he's going to be... A top ten receiver in the league, and he's simply not. What was born? Three three years, fifteen million. It's the crib. Oh, I thought I thought it was way uh, way more than it's that. because of Algalore. That's definitely the one that was in. And your they head. paid Johnu big and Hunter Henry too. Both of them they, got yeah. contracts. Johnu was the worst contract. Yeah, because it that's, could have been the best the if they used them correctly. Correct. But I was going to say I don't. Still, I didn't hate it at the time. The moves they made signing Christian Kirk to a big deal, who has proven that he's just a complimentary piece. He's a wide receiver too. You need a DeAndre Hopkins for him to really shine. Signing Zay Jones to a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Zay Jones is a wide receiver four, and you're and you're paying him like he's going to be, you know, an intricate part of your offense. To me, I think Zay Jones is a guy. I'm signing him to. I would rather sign DJ Chark to the one-year deal, ten, twelve million dollars from Detroit, than Christian Kirk for seventy-two up to eighty-four million, or Zay Jones paying him eight million dollars a season. Now, to their credit, bringing up Brandon Scherf, I think is a good move. Your upgrade guard, offensive line was a need for them. But even still, you spend over 200. It's, they're not going to pay them 200 because they're going to get cut or whatever traded. But you gave out $200 million in total. And what did they upgrade? Guard, a, an upgrade at tight end, but that's a one year deal. And um, Aluakon. Corner, who, they also upgraded. Darius Williams. I, I, this was, I did this yesterday. I didn't have the Darius Williams. This, so that's the 200 million without Darius Williams, who's a nice player. And Evan Ingram. Yeah, that's who I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But you spent, this was without Darius Williams. You spent $200 million. And what to me, what you clearly upgraded was and tight end. And the upgrade at tight end is Evan Ingram. He's yep. not someone who's this top five tight end who's going to make a huge difference. Is he better than Dan Arnold? Sure. And then lastly, Aluakon, who is a solid middle linebacker. If you look at his PFF grades, they're grading him out as the worst in his, his short career. I believe this is only year four for him. But even still, at least what I've seen on Twitter, people say his tape is a lot better than PFF gives him credit for. But even still, paying a middle linebacker $15 million a year when you have a whole bunch of other holes, to me, you haven't upgraded wide receiver enough. They still need a wide receiver one without a doubt in my mind. None of these guys are wide receiver ones. So I look at the Jaguars. You spend all this money. But to me, you didn't upgrade the team too much. I'll say this to rebuttal that. Half of the Jaguars' signings were bad. The other half were good. I like them signing Fadakazi. I thought that was I thought that was a good move. We know as Jets fans, he's been one of the better run defenders in football at the defensive tackle position. I liked 
the Evan Ingram signing. I did too. We know that Doug Peterson implements tight ends in his offense, and I think if there's one guy who can maximize Evan Ingram, it's Doug Peterson. That's why I like that signing. Brandon Scherf was also a great signing, in my opinion. Darius Williams was also a really good signing. Now the Jaguars have Shaq Griffin, Tyson Campbell, and Darius Williams. That's not a bad secondary. That's actually that's a pretty damn good secondary, in my opinion. But then you're right. They have these questionable contracts after that. The Christian Kirk deal, the Zay Jones deal, the Aluakon deal. Those were horrible deals. But then you got to ask yourself this. Yes, they were bad deals, but they still upgraded the roster. Like, I understand that. That's why, to me, I can't put the Jaguars as losers. Because even though these deals were bad, they upgraded the but roster. But you could say the same thing when the Jets signed Mosley and Le'Veon. They upgraded the roster. It only set them back. They went back four steps. See, but the difference here is that they have Trevor Lawrence. And they have a decent foundation around Trevor Lawrence now. Decent. You could look at Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence's rookie seasons. They're probably not that but they're not that different, different caliber prospects. I agree. Significantly. Can, this is yeah, the thing. Sure. We got to stop giving Trevor Lawrence too much of the benefit of the doubt here. Like in all in all seriousness, last year James Robinson was 11th in yards per carry before he got hurt. They had a running they had a good running game. Brandon Linder graded out as one of the best run blocking centers in football. They had they had their offensive line was a top 15 offensive line. They had a good running game. Their defense wasn't as bad as advertised. It was okay. Part of the reason why they ranked so bad is because they were on the field so much. Trevor Lawrence had help around him. He had enough to succeed. Davis Mills in Houston had a worse situation. He played better than Trevor. Zach Wilson with the Jets had a worse situation. He played better than Trevor, especially down the stretch. I mean, versus the Bucs, our best receiver was Braxton Berrios. Yeah. He made him look at wide receiver. Throw some respect on Braxton. And Zach and Zach played better than Trevor. Before that game, Braxton Berrios was nothing. I know. You know? Because of that, I think we're giving Trevor Lawrence a bit too much of the benefit of the doubt. He was horrible his rookie season. His weapons really were lackluster, though. His weapons were Martin lackluster. Jones, but James Robinson Marvin Jones really was nothing, really. Let's be honest. I know, but Marvin Jones in, was a good and James Robinson they misused terribly last season. This is my Did not seem out of the point. passing game at all. The biggest issue was the coaching. Correct? For this, sure. Exactly. This is my point right here. It's not like Trevor Lawrence was David Carr. He didn't go to a team in the Texans that had the worst offensive line in football, the worst weapons room in football, no running game. Trevor Lawrence had a running game. He had an offensive line. He didn't have great weapons, but they were decent. They were decent. Barely, barely. Now this season, I'm with you here. Christian Kirk isn't a household name, but Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Chenault, that's not horrible. Ingram, James Robinson, ETN, yeah. upgrade O-line, number one overall pick. ETN's going to be exciting to watch this season. Yeah, you, I'm definitely the offensive line is going to be is going to be solid. You you're getting ETN back who's a pass catcher out the backfield. You even if Kirk he Kirk and Jones aren't wide receiver number ones, they're both both wide receiver number twos. I think Jones is like three, maybe a four. Maybe at this point is correct. I would have say four. Hell no. No. Cole Beasley. Marvin a, Jones at this point in oh, time. Oh, sorry. I no. thought we were talking about Zay Jones. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm Marvin sorry. Jones. Marvin Jones, yes. 100%. Yeah. He's, he's a two to me. No, Zay yeah. Jones. Look, I don't I don't know why they paid Zay Jones that money. I would have never did it. Zay Jones showed flashes last year with the Raiders for sure. But it, it 
So did Nelson Aguilar. So did Nelson Aguilar when he was with the Raiders. Here's the X Factor. But this is what I'm saying. Trevor Lawrence has enough to be successful. Now, I'm not saying he needs to have an all-world season for me to be in on Trevor. I'm in on Trevor. But we got to stop making excuses for bad quarterback play. I don't disagree. Hey, that, that, it's the as simple as that. Terrible. Like, if he doesn't finish 24-12 and 12 this season, I'm looking at it like a disappointment. I told you guys, the Jaguars, to me, I think can go from last to first in, this, in the AFC South. You got an AFC South in the Tennessee Titans who— have not upgraded their offensive line. Just and it cut was, Julio. Yeah, they just cut Julio. They're not. They don't have a wide receiver opposite of of AJ Brown. Their offensive line has been has been treaded. They have no tight end. They cut Janoris Jenkins. Their secondary is going to suffer. Like, come on, what are we talking about here? The Colts don't have a quarterback. The, the Texans like Vrabel. Can you, are, are very very defensive. Vrabel's going to make you respect him. Can you honestly tell me? Can you honestly look at? the AFC South right now, and tell me the Jaguars don't have the best roster on paper out of all those teams. I'm still taking Tennessee. And if the Colts do get, like, I don't, Baker and Jimmy G are both not great, but they get a quarterback. The Colts, yeah, but that's the thing. The Colts right now don't have a quarterback. The Texans are the Texans. And the Titans... about this moment. And the Titans, and the Titans, yeah, you're right. We, we, we got to trust Vrabel, but their offensive line wasn't good last year. It wasn't. Julio Jones just got cut. Derrick Henry... Maybe he's the gets best hurt running back. Yeah, but stop you're right. It. But let's not think. But like he that. got hurt this past season. But let's not think like that. It was but a fractured, the, broken pinky it's, toe. It's also those carries, man. They we catch see, up to we everybody. see trends with running backs that they get hurt. Fractured, broken pinky toe. Like it's a freak injury, and he still played with it. Bro, I, I'm tired of you saying that. I really am. With what exactly? With the freak injury. Everything can be categorized as a freak injury. You're either durable or you're not. It's simple as that. Uh, that's such a poor way of looking at it. But fine. No, I understand what you're saying. Like. Injuries, all injuries are unlucky, bro. All injuries are unlucky. If we're being to honest. a degree, they're all, they're honestly not really like that in in my opinion. Like Alex something Smith, like that, like a non-contact injury. That's not a freak injury. Joe Burrow, when he tore his knee up, that to me that is was a freak, a freak injury, injury. Correct. He gets sacked like that all the time, and that doesn't end up happening. That one time, it was unlucky. Same thing with Saquon and his ankle. That was unlucky. That's why okay, so I, I'm again, not gonna. Here, no, you I just know what I'm saying. With me, with no, two freak no, injuries, I'm saying it's unlucky. But I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna use because you use the freak term to basically say counteract the point that this guy's not injury prone. He isn't. He's never well, been injured. If you get yeah. injured, you, you're you get, you're injury prone. If you get if you have so you, a history you're, you're, you're one you're time, no, Derrick Henry's not injury prone. But I'm just speaking to if you have so multiple Burrow's injuries. Injury prone? He's had one injury. A torn ACL, like on a freak no, injury. No, no, but he's had one injury. But do you think Saquon Barkley's injury prone? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I don't feel like that's what you said a couple weeks ago. I also feel like you all didn't Saquon say Saquon isn't injury prone? Because I said the same thing, and you said, well, he had the torn ACL, no, were, then he uh, stepped on the player's foot. That I'm saying that was a freak injury. Yeah, when Joe said it, when you said... When Joe said that Saquon was injury prone, you were like, they're freak injuries, though. They were freak injuries, but at the same time, I'm trying to defend Saquon in that sense of like, listen, it's what CMC can injury really prone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Easy. Okay. That's easy. I'm just saying, I don't think you can look at the AFC South and not say the Jaguars have the best roster on paper. And if Trevor Lawrence is what he's advertised to be, they should win the AFC South. Are you guys categorizing them as winners or losers? 
Who? Jaguars. They're in the middle to me because half. I can't say they're losers either. Half of the signings I liked. Half I just, of them I didn't. I don't like spending over two hundred million in total. And you look at the positional value. Tackle, obviously not doing quarterback. Wide receiver one, edge, CB one. Jags had the first overall pick two years in a row. You have to do something different. Now that is different because now a lot of the you know the rumors and buzz is they might go Hutchinson one and they could really because use they that edge. they brought in Sheriff and yeah. they just resigned or, or exactly Cam Robinson. But just using all that money and, and to me like sure they might have the best roster on paper, but like those contracts are gonna are gonna hurt you at some point. If Trevor Lawrence is what he's advertised to be, should they not win the division? Yeah, if he's advertised to it's, what he is, it's high expectation in year two. Bro, but he just has to be better. Division. It is a Trevor to Lawrence a degree right now as we stand. It's in better March. than Davis Mills, Baker slash Jimmy G slash Jameis, whoever you want. We'll see about the Colts. Depends. They have a lot of money to spend. Wait, There's some good if, free agents. If Trev is what he's available. hyped up to be, he should blow I, oh, Tannehill out the wall. I don't disagree with that statement at all. But there's still parts of the Jaguars team that you, we still can have reservations about. We yeah, can't. We can't. That, and that's my issue. They spent all this money, and I still have questions. But that's what I'm saying. We can't say if Trevor is this unbelievable ball player, which I do think he can be. Sure. But he has he has enough weapons to be serviceable. Uh, that's like 24 and 12. That's tough to say. That's, uh, I don't Jones, love these weapons. Jones Kirk. I mean, they're they're decent enough. Are they? Because we we just talked about how great of a prospect he is. The yes. best since oh, Peyton. Without a doubt. If you are this best prospect. Arguably in NFL history, you should make C plus B guys and make them B plus A minus type of guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you can't talk to Drew about that. He thinks you you don't like Christian Kirk. But I said, for, listen, we're on what, the same page with Kirk. Kirk. I think he's a Christian Kirk's a wide receiver too, a middling best, wide receiver too, at best. Respectfully, I want to talk about the Jaguars a, a bit more, okay. but I want to say this: the Patriots to me were also losers. You lost J.C. Jackson. You lost. You traded Shaq Mason. You lost Ted Karras, and you traded Winovich. I like the Mac Wilson trade. I think Mac Wilson is a fast linebacker. He graded out well, and he's going to help the Patriots defense. I think he's 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 probably just as good as Dante Hightower right now in their point in this point in their careers. But they still need a true wide receiver number one. Josh McDaniels is leaving the Patriots. That offense is really great. Mac Jones doesn't have that no more. There's rumors that Joe Judge might call offensive plays. If that happens, I don't trust their offense at all. Because of that, I just the Patriots to me lost this free agency period. But back to the Jaguars. The Colts, there's nothing the Colts can do for the quarterback position that's going to make me say Trevor Lawrence can't be better than that guy. The two options are Jimmy G and Baker. Oh, no doubt. That's why I keep on saying... If you look at the Jaguars roster within the AFC South, they have the best roster on paper. Tyson Campbell, Shaq Griffin, Darius Williams, that is the best cornerback group of any team in that division. I think they have the second best offensive line. They have the second best group of weapons. They have the best running back tandem in ETN and James Robinson. We know that Derrick Henry Taylor, they're superior. They have talent. If Trevor Lawrence is the next Payne Manning, Andrew Luck, John Elway-esque level prospect with Doug Peterson, who made Carson Wentz an MVP candidate in year two with limited receiver weapons. Why should I be putting a ceiling on Trevor Lawrence and saying he can't be better than Ryan Tannehill? He can't be better than Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield if they land with the Colts, and he can't be better than Davis Mills. He can be better than these guys, and 
his team still not have the record to be up top. I, if he's I understand. Than these guys, they should be in contention at least. But look at it. Ryan Tannehill was mediocre all season. They were the number one seed in the AFC. That's why I'm still giving the Titans that respect. I under, With everything you're saying, facts. We're also expecting the Jaguars to take a step up. You Houston, have to. You have to going to be a little bit better because Davis Mills year two. They're going to make a couple moves. Say what you want about the... Say what you want about the contracts the Jaguars gave out. Some of them were horrible. Some of them were some of them were good. What you can't deny is that this roster got better, even Great. though they gave Kirk big time money. They got better at receiver, even though they gave Ingram a one year deal. They got better at tight end. They their roster got better. Is Christian Kirk the third? Is he deserving of the third highest paid receiver in the NFL? Let me ask you that question. No. Okay. Yeah, like, all right. I'm, no. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad. Why no. would I say? Is, is he deserving say of being a top? Eight wide receiver no, in the NFL. Be, he shouldn't be no. paid top fifteen. That's pretty fair. Is he deserving of being top twenty in the NFL? Twentieth. I'll give you that. Nothing more. Just because he's a free agent. That's it. Yeah. The, the wide receiver market is going crazy. Devontae, uh, excuse me. Devontae deserves thirty million. If yeah. this is the case, and a couple other teams before we move on. I thought your Dolphins were actually losers here. Now similar. Similar to how we were talking about the Colts, there's still time to make moves. But when we were doing these previews and we were talking about Miami, we were all talking about how they have the third most cap space. We had McDaniel going out and saying how he's going to build around Tua and build this offense. And I love the Connor Williams signing, right? Two years, $14 million, extremely steel. cheap. Steel. A steal. He was great out. as the 11th best guard. He could pass and run block. Definitely an upgrade to the offensive line. Only issue was that he had a penalty problem, but... It seemed to be an anomaly because last year was the only year he really had that problem. But even still, you look across the entire offensive line. We've been in discussion. You need to upgrade everything. All, everything. all five positions. You made one. Still everywhere else. You don't need to do it all in one offseason, but you still need to go out and upgrade at least one, preferably two more positions on the offensive line. I agree. Cedric Wilson, I know he's someone you're high on. To me, he's still a wide receiver three. I don't think he changes his offense much. I went and looked at this past season, right? And I saw because there was injuries to Cooper and a CD might have missed a game here or there too. Gallup obviously got hurt. Um, but I looked at the games where Cedric Wilson played 50% of snaps, right? He's on the field more often than not. There were seven games where he played 50% or more snaps. In those games, he averaged three catches for 48 yards, only one touchdown. Five of those games were under 40 yards. Two of those games were over 80 yards. So he had two blow-up games, but the remaining five, he was basically irrelevant. Less than 40 yards. Someone who is barely getting targeted. So I know you're high on was Cedric Wilson. Was that in the Wilson. second half of the season? It was sporadic throughout the year. There was some beginning, middle, and end of the season where he played 50 Because there was a snaps. point in time where the Cowboys often stagnated as a whole. Yeah, but even so. That was you, Dak's injury. Yeah, but you're going from Dak to Tua now. That, there's a difference, right? I think we all agree that's a downgrade at quarterback, and I'm I can't expect him to take a leap, you know, and be become a better wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I don't mind the Cedric Wilson signing solely for the fact that you want to get weapons in the room. Uh, and yeah, it's three years, twenty two million with thirteen guaranteed. Fine. It's not bad, one hundred percent. And now you put this in a wide receiver room that des- that definitely needed a little bit of help. You have Waddle, you have Wilson, and now you have Devontae Parker. They bring back Preston Williams. You can't really rely on him because he's injury prone. You bring in now Chase Edmonds, who's one of the better receiving running backs in the NFL as well. These are all guys that are going to be able to have them get the ball out quick, right? To cater to Tua's needs, Strengths. right? So long as this offensive line is in a similar position, that's what's going to have to happen. They ha- and which, which is why I, I don't disagree with you to an extent. But at the same time, still early, still have a lot of money, still notable linemen available. You still have Lyle Collins, who's probably going to be released and or traded by the Cowboys. That would be huge for them, especially because 
Tua is left-handed. You want to lock up that right tackle spot, and Lyell is one of the better ones available, if not the best available right tackle. And then you still have Teron Armstead, who hasn't made up his mind yet. You At this point, you cannot bank on Teron Armstead going to the Dolphins. It's really a question of where he's going to go as a whole. There's so many teams that have money that need that left tackle position, and he's the one that everyone's looking at. You can't bank on it. So I can level with you. I understand. But from where it stands, you spoke on it. Connor Williams, I love the signing. Two for $14 million is perfect. He's like 25. You, you, you caught him at the perfect time off a, a mediocre year to a degree because of the penalties. But even instead, you mentioned it, graded as the 11th best guard in the NFL. I'm looking at it as a whole. There's still a lot of time left. I don't ultimately disagree, but at the same time, you still addressed your needs. You had a hole of running back. You didn't know who was going to be your running back. You bring in Chase Edmonds, who can do both. Run through the tackles, run outside. One of the speedier running backs in the league, who is great at pass catching. Two is not afraid to dump it off to the to the running back. Why should he? What do you mean by that? Be afraid? Because there's quarterbacks that just don't do it. Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky. Chase Edmonds but, had a good yards per carry last year, but when you look at like his missed tackles for us, he missed he forced sixteen tackles. I mean, that was he's less a young than guy. He's not he's not breaking tackles like that in terms even, of like it was, get le- off it was less than Miles Gaskin, who we all think is terrible. Miles Gaskin but there's difference. There's differences in that. In the open space. But missed tackles force isn't just running through you. It's also making you like miss in the juke, spin, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. He's just fast. That's really what Chase Edmonds has for him. There's a lot of guys that's fast. And then you bring in Cedric Wilson, who's reliable, great hands, solid he's, route He's runner. a very firm wide receiver three. And, that, and that's, that. that's really what you need him to be in this sense. So you, you had Dolphins as your loser. I was just expecting them it? to do more. Um, okay. I also have the Bears. I won't go into them as detailed, but another team that I was expecting to build around Justin Fields, and they haven't. Like They have their wide receiver, their depth chart right now is Darnell Mooney, Isaiah Cutler, and Nasimba Webster. Those are the three wide receivers they have oh. under contract. It's a and mess. No first round pick. No first round pick. They're not bringing back Allen Robinson. That's dead. We already know that. They lost James James Daniels to Pittsburgh. He's 24. He was really their only bright spot on the offensive line. They did sign Larry Ogunjobi to beef up the interior. But That's like, good. I'm looking to build around Justin Fields. You need to make sure that he could do everything he can to have a better year in year two. And they've made no moves to do that. So just to recap it, my losers in free agency so far, Indianapolis Coast, they've made no big time moves that really moved me. New England Patriots, they lost a lot of key players. The Jaguars are in the middle for me. Like, half of their players, I think those were horrible contracts they lost. But the other half, I thought they were good. Losers to me, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they paid too much money and didn't upgrade the premium positions enough. The Dolphins, I, were expe- I was expecting to make more moves, and they only signed the two contracts I did like, but I expected more. The Colts, as you mentioned, made basically no moves up to this point, and the Chicago Bears because they haven't built around Justin Fields at all. My biggest loser, 100% with you guys, Indianapolis Colts. Another one of my losers is going to be the Atlanta Falcons in a position where they have limited cap space, haven't been able to do anything on the free agent market. If they don't get Deshaun, essentially, it's a wasted free agency. They um, brought in Jarvis Landry, I saw, for Did a meeting, that just, not signed. Oh, okay, like interesting, interesting. They definitely they, need help. They need, the, they need four wide receivers, they, like literally. Their they running four. back right now is Mike Davis. Their offensive lines, whatever, really. Their defense was, I believe, 26 in total yards given up. The offense was around the same mark. They oh, definitely yeah, need a, a lot team. of help. Yeah, That's for why sure. it is. Get Matt Ryan Get him out, out of there. there. Get him out of there. So, I mean, please. is Deshaun is Deshaun going to fix that need? Is that is that indicative of Matt Ryan? I no. I I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it because this is interesting. Go ahead. The Atlanta Falcons are exactly what the Houston Texans are. The difference is that the Texans have a quarterback in Deshaun that they can flip for multiple assets and. 
Deshaun can essentially put the Texans in position to be successful. To be successful. If Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta, he's going to have no running game. He's going to have no offensive weapon outside of Kyle Pitts. He's going to have a below average offensive line. He's going to have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. If they trade for Deshaun, all that draft capital goes out the window. They're also going to have to trade a premier player also on that defense or offense. The Atlanta Falcons are basically going to be what the Houston Texans were when Deshaun said, I don't want to play for you anymore. I don't think the Falcons are actually in it. I think they saw Carolina and New Orleans being actual people they could go out and get Deshaun, and they're just saying, they're our rivals. You know, they're in the NFC South, too. We're just going to say we're interested to hopefully drive the price up for our other. That makes know. sense. Honestly, I think they are in it. I, I think, don't think so. The reason why I think they're in it is because they understand that even though we're going to be in a in a messed up situation, if I have Deshaun Watson, he gave me four wins in Houston with nothing. With nothing. And uh, most of those losses were one-score losses. With Deshaun Watson, you're competing every single week, especially in an offense with Arthur Smith. There's definitely a lot of upside there. So I I think they're legitimately in it. If you do get Deshaun, you're obviously moving off Matt Ryan. But to trade Matt Ryan, I don't think any team's taking on that contract. It's a ton of dead money. So Atlanta's probably going to have to eat some of that money to even oh, yeah. send him out. Sure. I think there's just too many moves to make. You're going to lose all your draft capital. You're not going to have money in free agency because of the dead cap hit. Your team isn't talented. So it, just it would to be, clarify on this, you know, if... um. I'm giving no excuses to Trevor Lawrence. I know we talked about him a, a bit before. I'm the same way with Zach Wilson this year. I have to see strides from Zach Wilson. For sure. If Zach Wilson was in the AFC South, I would be saying the same thing about him, that he has to win that division. I think the AFC South is the most winnable division in football outside of maybe what? The East. A, the NFC, NFC East. East. That's it. And even them, like They're you have the talented. Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. The AFC South is the worst division in football. Trevor Lawrence was touted as being a generational guy who should be a day one culture change. Day one like team changer, right? Yeah, you're right. You hit it right on right on the nail. That's why I have high expectations for Trevor Lawrence. Like we're not talking about Davis Mills here. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Somebody who won a national championship as a freshman. No doubt. And was the the projected number one number one overall pick for three years, bro. Actually longer than that. Like People were waiting Coming on his draft school. class. Yeah, so that's why I'm giving him no excuses. The Jaguars have more than enough talent. They have a coach who won a Super Bowl. There's no excuse, bro. To me, at least there's no excuse. Um, on to the next topic. Some are some of your best under-the-radar free agent signings. I want you guys to name a couple, and then I'll name a couple. But I want to know which signings you thought were, were good that some teams made that, you know, these aren't the household names but um, they are notable players. All right, I'm going to be a homer. DJ Jones, I love the signing, especially after we traded Shelby Harris. There was a strong need for us at defensive tackle, and we bring in DJ Jones, who had a career high in tackles last season. 56 combination, 40 solo tackles. Comes in and immediately fills that need that we that we desperately, definitely needed to, to figure out before the season started. Another one for me is going to be Charvarius Ward. Going to the Niners, I think that that's a very good signing for them, especially with the fact that Niners' hole last year was their secondary. I just, breaking news happened. The Jets just signed a player, Tyler Conklin. Oh, tight end. Yeah, 593 yards last season, three touchdowns, 61 receptions. 
So now we have two tight ends on the roster that had over 500 yards receiving this past season. Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. Is Conklin good at blocking or is Uzama good at blocking? Either of the two, like, are they solid at blocking? Yeah, Uzama could block. Okay. Conklin can block too. Okay. Yeah. All right, interesting. All right, I I like that. that. uh, I like it because it doesn't force us into taking a tight end day two. Did Dalton Schultz get tagged already? Yeah. Okay. But um, so to continue on what I was saying about my low-key free agent signings, Traverius War with the Niners. Their biggest weakness was their secondary. Their pass rush was unbelievable, but end of the day, their secondary burned them from time to time, on top of Jimmy G to a degree. But he was hurt. I'll give him that benefit of the doubt. Last season, Ward was Casey's best corner. When he was out, he definitely was missed, and he did a great job of, of sticking to his assignment, staying on the wide receiver's hip. Uh, second fewest yards of separation, an average of 1.2 yards. That's pretty fantastic. I think that that's really a great signing for the Niners to fill that hole for them. And my last one's going to be Cedric Wilson for the Dolphins. We spoke a little bit about it prior when, when Joel was saying that the Dolphins were a loser of his. And understandable to a degree, I think they're just getting started. That being said, Cedric Wilson comes into a, a wide receiver room that definitely needed some talent. Going to come in, probably be their wide receiver two, wide receiver three option. A player that has reliable hands, a player that is has solid route running, comes into to a situation where he's going to be given the ball. I definitely like that signing for the Dolphins. I like those as well. Um, a few names I'll list off. We talked about before. Russell Gage to Tampa. I think three Love years, it. thirty million. When you look at the money Christian Kirk got and Zay Jones got, you know, Russell Gage was basically the wide receiver one. You had Kyle Pitts there, but he was. If you're just looking at wide receiver outside guys, he was the number one there. Had around 800 yards. So. Tampa being able to get him for only $10 million a year, especially because Antonio Brown won't be back. They needed some depth there um, be- behind Chris Godwin, who's probably not going to be ready week one, as well as Mike Evans, who's obviously a stud. I like um, Mark Lewinsky going to the Giants, three-year, $16 million, a really cheap deal for a, a above-average run-blocking guard. He's not great in pass protection. He, was, he struggled a lot, actually, last year with the Colts, but the Giants were a team that definitely needed to upgrade the offensive line. I still think they'll take one at five or seven, but at least now you have Glowinski, you take one at five or seven, and you have Andrew Thomas, so now you have three of those five positions basically figured out. DJ Chark to Detroit on a one-year $10 million contract, I already said it. I'd rather give him that contract than Christian Kirk's deal or uh, Zay Jones's contract. I'd rather have DJ Chark, who in 2019 had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, dealt with injuries the last couple of seasons, but he's still a really talented guy. Shaq Mason wasn't a free signing, but for a fifth-round pick, being able to get Shaq Mason still one of the best guards in the league. And lastly, Morgan Moses to Baltimore. A clear upgrade at tackle. Three years, only $15 million. I really liked what uh, what Baltimore did this offseason. One of my favorite moves was Harrison Phillips to the Minnesota Vikings. He is one of the best run defenders in the interior in football. The Vikings struggled mightily against the run this past season. All around, they struggled defensively. I think Harrison Phillips was a huge get. Um, it's weird because the Bills, Tim Settle, who's coming from Washington, is more of a pass rusher, and Harrison Phillips is more of a run stopper. So the Bills are cre- clearly going all in on pass rush with Tim Settle, Oliver, Von Miller, Rousseau, and I think the Vikings much needed run stopper. Harrison Phillips was a good signing. Cedric Wilson, I think he's an underrated receiver, and you mentioned those stats, you know, sometimes he had production, sometimes he didn't. Well, that's all you need. Sometimes he's he's there to occasionally give you a big-time spark. He was their fifth option. Yeah, that he's there to occasionally give you a big-time spark. So I'm fine with that. I think he's going to be a fine option out the slot. Waddle, Parker, Wilson, I think that's pretty good. 
Ogunjobi also I think was a good signing for Chicago. DJ Jones to Denver, I really like that move. He was the highest, he had the highest run stop rate, uh, run stop win rate in the NFL this past season. And definitely what we needed for sure. Our run, our run defense was our weakness of the two. Hassan Reddick, I love that move. The Eagles needed an edge rusher, and definitely. he had the eighth. He was eighth in a pass rush win rate this past season. And you mentioned it, DJ Shark. And I, I, I put this out on Twitter. Like the Lions to me are quietly building a really solid weapons room. They might have they have better weapon rooms than Jacksonville. Yeah. DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson, For a quarter of the price. Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, even uh Williams is good. He's a good running back. At least as your second Jamal. running back. Yeah, Jamal Williams, he's a good running back as well. The Lions have a good room. They're and their and yeah. their offensive line is is really good. Borderline it's great. it's mm-hmm. sneaky it's sneaky good. Yeah. Because of like the Lions are in, in a good position going and forward. Number two overall pick. Work on that defense a little bit. It sounds like Hutchinson might be going number one. I know that you know Hutchinson had him in Detroit makes sense going to Michigan, you know, keeping him in the hometown. But even if they don't, you know, they're still came on Thibodeau or possibly trade back and just acquire more picks to build this team up. And I'm so happy we got two tight ends. The Jets That's got nice two too. tight ends that received for over five hundred yards this past season. And how much was the Conklin deal you said? I don't even know what it is. I don't think the, the numbers are out, but it's no way it's more than like that five means mil. we're not drafting a tight end in the draft I unless it's, it's late, late. like it's, late, yeah. late. That's good though. What I loved about the Jets signings is it doesn't force them to take any position at any pick, right? We don't desperately need any position anymore, except unless you want to make the argument for edge. I still think we need another one, especially because Carl Lawson coming off for torn Achilles. I still think if Icky's there at four, the Jets are going to go with him. Somebody just tweeted this at me really last won, year though. because you have. George Fant, who's 30 years old, he's not a long-term answer. And you have Makai Becton, who has shown that he can stay healthy, has trouble with weight, had trouble just producing in camp last season, so it's also insurance for him. But can I ask you a question? Let's say Makai is healthy, George is healthy. You bring in Icky now. Mm-hmm. This is hypothetical. What happens? George Fant says. He's, he's a um, He was great for you guys. He was solid. I wouldn't say he was great. He was solid. For you guys in the sense of yeah. like... He's also, I want to say, a free agent next year. All right. So you could Fair let him enough. walk in. Fair enough. Play. Okay, he was he wasn't signed to ever like be our starter. He was like they they liked he was more him. than serviceable he for was. you guys last yeah, season. Yeah, we signed him two years ago at this point, and they liked him like just his versatility and how athletic he is, kind of being like a, a guy that could pull and block and, yep. and run plays. So I don't think it was ever in like I don't the think they ever plans. imagined him being like starting left tackle or right tackle for a full season. And how much Joe Douglas prioritizes prioritizes offensive line, Icky just being this. Freaked six six three forty ran like I think under five seconds like a, in the four nines I want to say or maybe right right mm-hmm. above five he he's gonna value offensive line you know well if you dies. were you and Sauce was available at four and Icky was available at four Ugh, gun to my head it's hard to pass on Sauce at four it is but it's and then also it, in hard my to, opinion I feel like I would go corner I would go wide receiver if I was you guys I think receiver at ten is happening without a doubt it's receiver or edge but I'm like seventy percent sure it's gonna be receiver so Michael Zimmelman. Just tweeted this out to me. Last year, Minnesota got Herndon from Douglas for, for a 2022 fourth-round pick. Lease. Now he took their starting tight end, too. Joe Douglas Masterclass. Douglas is for- one of the best GMs in football. I know. I'm, 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 I say that very straight-faced, sincerely. He is fantastic at what he does. Let's go over some of the moves Joe Douglas has made, because I think an argument can be made that Joe Douglas is one of the better GMs in football. He fleeced the Seahawks in a Jamal Adams trade. He got more for Sam Darnold 
than teams got for elite level he players. Got more than they got for Khalil Mack. Yeah. He got more for Darnold than they got for Khalil Mack. He traded Chris Herndon to the Vikings for a fourth round pick, and now he just signed their starting tight end in Tyler Conklin. And we have a great tight end. When we look at the signings he's made this this offseason, they've all been exceptional. They've all been he hasn't overpaid one person, in my opinion. That's what Jets fans hated him his first offseason because we were so used to McCagnan <laughs> going and pay whatever you want for the CJ Moses and Le'Veon Bells, Tremaine Johnsons. Joe Douglas has a price and he's not gonna go over it. And we miss out on guys for that because if you want to come to the Jets, I still think, you know, for the most part, the thought the thought process around the league is the Jets are still a rebuilding organization. So you have probably have to overpay if you really want guys to come here. But the guys that we went out and got, we didn't overpay for any of these guys. Yeah. Corey Davis, you didn't think you guys overpaid a little bit for him? You get out of his contract next year. There you sure, go. maybe you paid him like, what, six? I mean, Kirk's got 21. So we paid Corey Davis 16, 17 mil, I want to say. And that's another thing he does. All the contracts... Usually within two years, you get out of it with very little dead money. Same thing. That's why I think we go receiver at 10, because if Corey Davis struggles this year, we could cut him in no dead money or very little. It feels good to have believed in Joe Douglas from the very start. Um, oh, God. Some, That's not my conversation. As, to a, as a Jets fan, I know a lot of Jets fans are pessimistic about things that may happen. And sometimes it's hard to really b- believe and fully invest. And I think... As somebody who's been a Joe Douglas bro. truther, it's it's been a, it's been a pretty. I'll let you hop on the wave ride. just because you're a Jets fan. Even though you have you love Tom Brady and hate Joe Douglas, it blows my mind. But sure, you could hop hate on the Joe, Joe Douglas. Douglas bandwagon. Oh, Joe Fraudless is what you called them. What are you talking about? Listen, we have the receipts, brother. Oh, we have the receipts as hell. I was hacked. <laughs> I just got a thousand followers on Twitter, bro. It, just, it comes with some cons. Yeah, facts, man. It comes so, with some the, cons. The fame's getting to your head. I it, you got hacked on your iMessage. <laughs> Your iMessage got hacked too? So I think my emails have been around other phones. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I would never say nothing we signed, that, like that. We signed Tomlinson like, I think, 15 minutes after Who, he said Joe Douglas. Who's been more solid on, on Joe Douglas, me or Joel? You, easily. Thanks, bro. Easily. <laughs> That's, that you is flip, easy. You flip sides <laughs> so much on Douglas, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. We didn't even talk about this, last, this 2021 draft. Spectacular. 2020. Hit or miss. 2020, 2020 was an ass draft, bro. Makai Becton should have been say, great. If, Becton, if Becton's healthy and Bryce Hall, if that's the worst he does to starting level of players, that's better than McKagan did his entire tenure as Jets GM. No, I have to. I, I didn't renew my season tickets for the Jets this upcoming season. I'm probably not going to because if I do get season tickets, they're going to be seats that are close. I'm not. I'm not doing that again. I'm not. This is the most we've talked about the Jets. This has been like 70% Jets. But I think that I'm just much better off just buying tickets for single games and trying to get season tickets. And you don't have to worry about going to those cold games in December. exactly. And I think one of the better ways that you can buy tickets is using SeatGeek. Love SeatGeek. And, you know, we're right now, we, we have a promo code with them. You can use... Promo C- code is Geek lo- located up here. No, 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 that's only DraftKings. <laughs> that's only okay, DraftKings. Okay. That's reserved for DraftKings. Okay. But you can use promo code Pick Aside Pod for twenty dollars off your first Seat Geek order. Um, this only works if it's your first time buying uh, tickets off of Seat Geek, unfortunately. But it's a great way for you guys to get some great prices on some seats. Uh, seat Geek shows you they they basically rate seats to show you which seats are the best ones mm-hmm. and. If you do use, your, use our code, you're going to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. So it helps us a lot. The promo code is Pod, And if you use it, 
Send us your order. Yeah. Send us that you use Pick Aside Pod. Let us know. Put you on the we'd, socials. We'd highly appreciate the it. Big facts. Tom Brady is back. And you cried? I didn't cry. <laughs> Just I actually I actually felt pretty torn about it because I was like, man, Tom Brady retired. Everybody wrote heartwarming messages about him. He got to see all the love he received. He got his flowers without leaving the game. I think he left the game to see the flowers he was going to get. I think he always was going to come back. I'm lying. I didn't always think <laughs> he was going to come back. But it is very Brady-esque of him. And him looking at the NFC now, man, the NFC is a cakewalk. You know, the Rams lost Von Miller. They're going to lose some players too. He knows Matthew Stafford <laughs> is, you know. Oh, you Matthew mean, Stafford you, just beat him. You mean the quarterback that ended his career? Yeah. It didn't end it because he's back. He realized he's like, I can't, can't go, go out, out like that. that. Yeah, Facts. because <laughs> he he realized that I can't go out. My last moment can't be losing to Matthew Stat Padford. You could lose. It can't be that. Much worse ways. Or go it out. It can't be that. Ta- top five quarterback in the league. Because of that, Tom Brady's like, I'm back, and I'm better than ever. The Bucks are rejuvenating. They got Russell Gage back. Defense Listen, is scary. Let's be honest. You look at the you look at not in a good way. Look at the the NFC. You just you're just worried about the Packers, Niners, and Rams. And really, it's just the Rams for me. Last like, year, terrify me if I'm if I'm Brady. Last year, what hurt the Bucks was continuity. I feel like they never got a chance to have multiple weeks where everybody was healthy. In 2020, they went on a win streak before the end of the season that gave them momentum. That didn't happen in 2020. Tom Brady's back. I think the Bucs are Super Bowl contenders. Once again, there's no doubt about it. I feel bad for the guy that uh, bought the Tom Brady's yeah, last touchdown pass for $518,000. That was crazy. But Brady led the league in passing yards, in touchdowns, in completions. What can't this guy do? And almost led a miraculous comeback against the Rams uh, in a divisional round. The Bucs are back. Gronk is back. And man. We didn't even talk about uh, they re-signed Carlton Davis. Who yeah, that's is, uh, huge. huge for them. Can that's I ask huge. you a question? Do you think Marpet considers coming back now that... He Brown, already said no. I think it's he's a, retired. A, yeah. Now is Wirfs going to left tackle? Wirfs said no. Why? No, yeah. Marpet's a guard. Donovan oh, Smith is a left tackle. Apologies. I'm thinking that Marpet's and, a left look, tackle. Yeah. Ali Marpet retiring doesn't really matter because they got Shaq Mason. Yeah, facts. Fact. It doesn't fit, matter. You still have Ryan Jensen, Shaq Mason, Tristan Wirfs, Donovan. They're still one of the be best good. offensive lines. And Aaron Stinney's going to be that left guard. And Aaron Stinney is when he's played for the Bucks, he hasn't been bad. He's been pretty good. And wide receiver, you have you still have your three guys. You're just subbing out Antonio Brown for Russell Gage, Chris drop Godwin. Off. It is a drop off, but Russell Gage is in slouch. No, he is. He, you, you can make the argument he's the best wide receiver three in the game. That's not saying much, but I guess to a degree you're you know, right. I, I think he's a better wide receiver two than Christian Kirk. Oh, oh, he's not. I think he is. Ooh. I mean, well, it, the numbers are never going to line up, but uh, I mean, you I like talent wise talent more than yeah. Christian Kirk's. I, that's tough. I can't agree with that. That one's tough. Christian Russell Kirk Gage listen, is he has good, a, but I think you're kind of overrating him. I think you guys, I think you're overrating Christian Kirk. No, I think no. Just think he was a wide receiver one this season, right? Didn't post over a thousand. Yeah. He had like 800. Like that's Christian amazing. Kirk was wide receiver one for half the season. And he had almost a thousand yards. And even still, he missed some time. Kirk? Kyler Murray. Oh, no. Kyler Murray missed time last season. I, I don't think he did. Yes, he did. Kyle, Kyle, excuse me. 
Cole McCoy was their starting quarterback he, yeah, he for a few games. games. Yeah, he did. My bad. Kirk actually had an 80-yard game with Colt McCoy. He sucks. <laughs> bro, you're overrating. Point, point blank period, you're overrating Russell Gage, bro. He's, nah, a, he's a good receiver, but... He just said he's had two years back-to-back, 770 yards, four touchdowns, 66 receptions, 72 Respectfully, Matt And Ryan, he did that in 14... And, Gage played 14 games, 770, You know, you love to catches. give players that play with Matt Ryan more credit than they deserve. What? This go, this, this, <laughs> to a degree, uh, I'm not. I, I agree. Who do I get more credit than deserve? You were trying to argue with me that his weapons was better than Derek Carr's. What? When no. we had the Derek Carr versus Matt Ryan debate, you told me that Derek Carr's weapons are worse than Matt Ryan's. I don't. Waller did you say Renfro? that? He, he did. We, we was. I don't. We got into heated debates over text messages over this. I don't know. That doesn't Derek, sound right. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Because you're still right now, like. Year one, you're taking Wall over Pitts. You're taking Renfro over any of the receivers. That's not what you said. Renfro receivers. Josh Jacobs. Like I'm. Oh, keep him. talking. Keep talking. Keep keep talking about your spiel um, on Russell Gage and how he's so awesome. Russell Gage in 14 games. That's all I'm saying. 14 games. He put up 770 yards, 66 catches. So he plays in the next two. He's getting that 850 range, 70 plus catches. It's not Christian, far off from Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's you're, a poor man's Tyler Lockett. Okay, but you're also paying Russell Gage 10 million, Christian Kirk 21 million. Listen, I'm not saying that for, the contracts aren't night and day. I was going to say for a very similar production, but this changes everything for the Bucks, without a doubt. You know, I think agreed. I think Tom Brady looks at this NFC, and I look at the Rams, and that's the only team I'm worried about. You have most of the band back together. You're going to lose Von Miller, but outside of that, getting Robert Woods is going to be huge. Cooper Cup, please. I know. Keep going. I haven't found it yet. I'm oh, just laughing because I know it's coming up. Okay, okay. I doubt that you would say something like that because that is crazy to say. Um, Falcons wide receiver or any type of weapons that they have are but outside you know, they, of Kyle Pitts. They, they were terrible. Um, and Calvin Ridley, when he comes back, respectfully. Facts. Yeah. If you, even if, if he is a Falcon. Yeah, but the rest of the NFC, I like Trey Lance. I like the Niners. But I can't rely on them to go into Tampa or um, Green Bay or whatever team, L.A., and expect them to win a game in the playoffs. I still think that Trey Lance— you expect Jimmy G to win a game in, in Lambeau Field? No, but I'm not expecting Green Bay to score one touchdown. I'll tell you, I'm telling you what. Green Bay, I'm fading this season. I think they're going to—it's hard because San Fran the has their number every year. No this way is what you said. I'm saying that they're, Super Bowl content, uh, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're contenders, sure, but they're not going. Go ahead. The Falcons suck, bro, and the Raiders had a much easier schedule. You were like, this Raiders team is ass, too. And you said Carr just did more. And then you were like, he put up better numbers. And then I told you, how are the Raiders ass? And I named you everybody. Like, how are they bad? You said they were ass. Okay. Grady Jarrett been one of the best interior linemen for years. AJ Terrell was a top five corner. Cordero Patterson was a beast. Kyle Pitts had a top two rookie tight end season ever. You're I'm, making the argument for the that they're weapons. decent weapons. I'm still waiting. To, so he never said outwardly. I'm looking. Right. I'm at the point where like I'm he's at trying this to get point. you. He he's is. trying to get he you, is. bro. I don't think I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. That'd be pretty ridiculous. <laughs> that me. would. But be we were ridiculous. going back and forth in, the, in this in this group chat for like an hour, probably, bro. You said, "Listen, my guys in the playoffs and yours isn't in a, ah, in a tougher division with Facts. a marginally better team." If Facts. you really want to say that, the Raiders don't have a marginally better team than the Falcons. It's significantly better. It is. It is. Eh. Falcons eh. one of the worst teams on paper. Yeah. They're both is that not great. Derek Carr, Raiders, Derek Carr just is better. I'll tell you what, I agree with that. But the Raiders roster as a whole, it's their coaching really that really did it for them last year, but I can't disrespect anything that they accomplished. Yeah. I mean, Max Crosby, Grady Jarrett. You both said Carr is better than D-line. Grady. Max is better than Grady. I, I know, but even still, Grady's 
He's a top he's three he's interior phenomenal. defensive lineman. You said, is bro, he? Yeah, Donald, him, and who? Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. Quentin Williams is better than Grady Jarrett. No, he's bro. not, bro. Yes, he is. No. You know Chris Jones. Is. Okay. What do you mean, okay? That's an easy yes. Top so, five. So, barely. Closer not, to five than one. Okay, but Cameron Crosby is a number one, two, you. or three. Cameron Hayward, bro. Crosby, Crosby has is in one, had two, or three. The, but he's still phenomenal. Yeah. Bro, Crosby just had over 100 pressures this past season. That's right. He's not better than Garrett. He's not better than Watt. He's not better than Bosa. So he's top five. Nick or Joey? You could debate he's better than Joey. Yes. Nick, no. No, I agree. Nick, no. Nick is a different piece. Yeah. Chandler Jones. I'm Vita taking, Vea, I'm Vita taking Vea. Max Crosby. Vita Vea is better than Grady Jarrett. Yep. Oh, is he? You said he. You said Carr is better than Brady, and two is better than Matt Ryan. <laughs> Wait, what? I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't put it out there on possibility that you said the Raiders' <laughs> weapons are better than the Falcons, or the Falcons are better than Raiders. The Carr is better than Brady. I love that. Around with my guy, God forbid. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what was interesting about Brady actually coming back to the Bucks. That their odds jump from plus two thousand to plus seven fifty. Now they have the second hot, second lowest odds, I yeah. guess, to to win the Super Bowl. Number one being the Bills at plus seven hundred. Just shows you the Brady effect. But I do have my concerns about this team, secondary wise. Last year, when they all got healthy, that was the th- that was the big part about you know Bucks fans or, or people that were thinking that the Bucks were going to to potentially go to the Super Bowl was that all it needed was that the secondary was going to come together, be healthy, and they were able to they were going to be able to overcome any team. That was definitely not the case against the Rams where the secondary got lit up start to finish. I can't say start to finish because that third quarter, um, Sean McVay decided that he wasn't going to throw the ball anymore and he just decided to continue to to hand the ball off, hand the ball off. But that fourth quarter when they needed Matthew Stafford the most and they let it fly, the secondary could not stop him. I'm going into this next season with a similar roster minus Jordan Whitehead, and I do have my concerns with this secondary. Do do they have history of winning with this group? Yes. But does that mean that I'm going to completely throw out last season and, one, their inability to stay on the field, and, two, when they were on the field, they didn't play up to par with anywhere near of what expectations were? So I do have my concerns with their team, but in terms of offense, they're going to be prolific. So long as you have Tom Brady at the helm, you have Mike Evans, wide receiver one. You have Chris Evans. I'm um, excuse me, Chris Godwin, wide receiver one. Regardless of what what those two are, both wide receiver one options. Russell Gage is now added to the mix. That's a solid option for them as well. I can't disagree with anything you're saying outside of the fact that you think he's better than Christian Kirk. I'm not. The, I'm not Christian I mean, Kirk's you, biggest if fan. If you look at the per game, Christian Kirk averaged 57 yards per game. Gage 55. Who cares, bro? It's Christian Kirk and Russell Gage. Russell Gage was wide receiver one here. Gage was wide receiver one here. It was Pitts. He's a tight end. He lined up outside more than he did in line. Easily. Which is smart. And it wasn't close. Yeah, so I mean, who cares? This is Russell Gage and Christian Kirk we're talking about. In all seriousness. It's not, yeah. you made it seem like it was ludicrous. No, I, that was me. In it, all seriousness. It is a little though. ludicrous. It's not, like, if you look at the numbers, they're basically identical. Listen, man, that's our podcast. We talk low-key names. These yeah. guys are going to know. That's why they're tuning in. But in the grand scheme Some of things, right, you, you you bring in half the price. I'm assuming Gronkowski's going to come back so long as... Lenny, too, is probably another guy. I don't know. I where, don't... Where do you think he goes, then? Now that McKissick bailed on the Bills, I still think the Bills are a possibility. I... I Miami, even though they still have Chase Edmonds, I would not be surprised if they went out and, and spent on a on a run on a wide receiver. Excuse me, on a running back uh, that has brute force strength in the backfield. 
two change of pace running backs are never bad to have on a team. Still have Gaskin there too. I will say Gaskin. He's, no, bro, he's not good. I, I never want to hear his name ever not, again. He's not good, but he's gonna get burned. He's garbage. He's gonna I'm get gonna burned. I'm gonna be honest, bro. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I feel like they have one of the best rosters in the, in the NFC for sure. But Sue is getting older. JPP is getting older. Shaq Barrett is great, but he's not consistently elite. Vita Vea is consistently elite, though. Devin White had a down year last year. I mean, really bad, horrible. He fell off really bad. I don't know. Like, their defense, you're right. It needs a lot of work. They're, they were one of the worst tackling teams in football last Just year, too. Just lost Whitehead, who's one yeah. of their best their tacklers. Best tackler, yeah. Because of that, they have work to do Levante on David, defense. And I think in the draft, they'll address Whitehead. those things. I know things. I'm saying oh. outside of Levante. But I just want to ask you this final question about the Christian Kirk and, like, Russell Gage thing. Um, so, my <laughs> so yeah, why are we talking about? I don't, it? I don't, I don't disagree. I, I do disagree with you, but if you were to say for Russell Gage's contract versus Kirk's, mm-hmm. I'd rather have Russell Gage. Yeah. Okay, I'll be like, okay, you know what? You make an excellent point. You think the Buccaneers, if they can get both at the same price point, would have went with Russell Gage over Christian Kirk? Uh, I don't know. I think they're like basically the same no, type they, of player. No, they wouldn't. That's they're, the they're easy, both the that, same type of guy. Different skill sets. Yeah, but if you line up their skill sets, like they're both not great at anything. That's the easy. No, you Christian would rather Kirk's the poor man's Tyler Lockett because that's rare. Uh, Christian Kirk is a really good deep threat, bro. He is, and that's what Antonio Brown was for them. Which is why if you brought in a guy like Christian Kirk, it's seamless. All I'm saying is it's not much seamless of a difference and you're getting You didn't Russell even talk Gage. about Tom Brady on retiring, bro. <laughs> I, did, I did. I did. I did. You were looking for that Raider message that doesn't exist. It exists in your mind, not in the receipts. I know it does exist. I it, just You just said Carr is better than Brady. He is. That's even worse. Yes. You said two is better than Matt Ryan. Bro. You said Zach is better than Tom That's Brady. That's not cap. No, I didn't. You spoke facts. No, I didn't. Tua, greater so than. So what do you think about Brady on retiring? Bro, I'll be honest. We've talked about it while you were looking on your phone the last 15 minutes. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, when you mentioned Grady Jarrett, we actually had that discussion, and I ha- I named 15 players better than him. 15 interior defensive linemen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Aaron Donald, names. Cameron Hayward, Jonathan Allen on Washington, Christian Wilkins on Miami, Quinnen Williams, Chris Jones, DJ Reader on Cincinnati, Calais Campbell, David Onyemata on uh, New Orleans, the Saints, Eric Armstead, Kenny Clark, Vita Vea, Jeffrey Simmons, DeForest Buckner, Fletcher Cox. I agree with like six of those names. Six. DeForest Buckner is definitely better Give than him. Take. You have to agree with at least 10 of these. You would love that, wouldn't you? No, you have to. <laughs> you, you have to. I'm not getting into an bro, interior I, I defensive lineman debate, bro. You got it. Bro, I can't believe I can't believe that you're going to bat for Grady Jarrett over over Q, bro. Seriously, as a Jets fan, I love, that's ridiculous. Rides. I love God Q. He took strides because that's I ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Q might be better than Aaron Donald next year. You never know. <laughs> that's ridiculous, bro. <laughs> Bro really, bro really bailed on Q, bro, bailed for Grady crazy. Jarrett. Oh, my God. For Grady Jarrett. Bailed is nuts. You were like, oh, yeah, Grady's have, easily better than Quinnen Q. He's still up and coming. He's an ascending player. Grady Jarrett's towards Quinnen the end of here, his prime. Bro. Quinnen is a Pro Bowl level player, bro. He's ascending. He's, he's, he's what, 24? But he's, he's ascending. Here. He's in his fourth year, though. Like I know, but he's, he's, super, he's he came into the league super young. He's a great player, bro. Bless you. Thank you. Remember him? Yeah, he I do. Like He's a, baby. a great player, bro. You over here trying to defend Grady Jarrett, bro. Come on, shame on you. He was one of my six, Quinnen. And shame on you, because this is all in the name of Matt Ryan slander. This I, is ridiculous. I slandered Matt Ryan once today. It is, because you're overrating his supporting cast just so it can fit your narrative. I did that like two months ago when we talked about Derek Carr and Matt Ryan. Not today. 
bro is like the Raiders are average at best. Oh my god, I'm sick of you, bro. They, they are pretty average. This, I'm sick of this Matt Ryan hate, bro. I swear. Let Matt Ryan go to a good team, bro. Oh my gosh, we're having a different conversation. I swear, bro. We are. Maybe. I swear we are. Question were the were the Raiders the Bengals with worse weapons? No. Burrow's better. For sure. I mean, weapons, in the sense, I mean oh, I their weapons, weapons are, are night and day. But in the sense of the Raiders had a horrible offensive line. A lot was had to be done by Derek Carr if they wanted to do anything. Their defense did their thing. Secondary-wise, for sure. Their pass rush was one of the better ones. Yeah. Just in a tougher division. And you look at the Bengals. They are pretty similar to the Raiders outside of the fact that they have all-world weapons. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, the Bengals had one more win. They played each other in the playoffs, came down the it last was an play. unbelievable game. Yeah, so, I don't like that. Thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about DraftKings, man. I'm sick of this Matt Ryan slander. <laughs> I haven't said Matt Ryan's name once. If you're a college basketball fan, you can join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share over $250,000 in prizes. You can download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. March Madness is approaching. I'm sure it's, it's like, what, a day or two away? Tomorrow, I believe, are the first games. And also, yeah. join the Pick Aside March Madness bracket. Yeah, you can join the Pick Aside March Madness bracket. We'll put the link down in our uh, description box. You can join it. I think we have over like 30 people in it right oh, wait, now. Wait, was that today the cutoff to do the bracket? Tomorrow. The game starts tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I almost I'm, a, I'm Joe Douglas' fan account. That's okay. my entry. All right, I still have to do mine. I'm going to put mine together after the show. I just, I don't know shit about college basketball. Hope so and a prayer. Boop, 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 boop. That's going to be me. Yeah. Hope and a prayer. I don't watch college basketball either. I'll tell you what, when P asked us if we watch college basketball, it's like one of those moments where you're just realizing like, damn, I don't watch college basketball at all. I can't join in on this conversation. It motivated me to want to watch. Not me. College sports, it's hard to get into. The way that they were talking about it, though, like it it is exciting to a degree. College football, I, I love football with my whole heart. I can't do it. It's too boring. I just like, yeah, because you have like those Alabama 50 49 zeros kill me. I'm like, what, what am I doing At here? least in college basketball, yes, there'll be some blowouts. But there's still a, a, a possibility that the game can be good regardless. Yeah, and March Madness is the most exciting. Like, like, how many times yeah. have we seen Cian Hall beat a, a top-ranked team? Beat Michigan. This it's year, just the, the way the, that yeah. basketball goes. That was a big-time win. And Cedar Hall made the tournament. <laughs> Who were they facing in the first round? TCU. TCU? That's going to be tough. Man, the Horn we're, Frogs. Uh, we're an eight seed, though. Pretty firm. The Horn Frogs. Because we struggled down. We've oh, been we, mid. Yeah. We've been mid. And Roden, Roden needs yeah. to get it together. Aiken's not coming His back. offensive bag is limited. limited. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, nah, Damn, now some telekinesis right there. We've, we've been on one. Holy moly. Love you, man. Too, oh, my gosh, man. How about you start loving Matt Ryan? How about, <laughs> How about you start loving Derek Carr? <laughs> How about, I love Derek Carr. How about Carr. you love Tua? I, that will never happen in my life. Dude, come on. Ever in my life. We're both never. lefties. That's cool. I, that would never, I would never love to in my Dude, life. Dude, he plays a ukulele. I don't matter. I play guitar. Bro, he has hair similar Brady to ours. He hates Tua. Make it make sense, man. 
Make it make sense. What'd you say? You said you love Brady but hate Tua. Make it make sense. I love the greatest football ever to the you, best you football player the guy to ever play. You love the guy who Boo. dominated your favorite team for 20 years. You hey, root bro. for him. You openly root for him. Don't hate the player. Hit the game, bro. You need, you need help. Don't hate the player. Hit the game. For sure. If what we were the, competitive what the, during what, those times, I would What did I would, the Jets go against the Dolphins this year? I think 0-2, right? Wouldn't that make you like him, right? You guys lose to Tua so often that it would it's make not going like to happen him. next year. <laughs> you I have, like those were close games, You have too. your moment in the sun right now, for uh, sure. They were. They were. And Tua played bad. Tua didn't play bad. The Joe Flacco game, he didn't. But the the, game the one that I was Zach, there for, that he saw me, you know, he saw me in the stands. He's like, yo, I'm going to throw the yeah, 60 Yeah, they were both one-score games, 24-31 and 24-17. And that last, the the 24, what was the first game you said? Uh, the first game was November 24-17. The second game, December 19th, And it was only 24-17 because they kicked the field goal. So they were up by 10. They kicked the field goal with like four uh, seconds left. Something, something. Uh, Tua didn't play bad. 272 touchdowns. It was awesome. Do a 60-yard touchdown. Joe Flacco outplayed him. 292 touchdowns, no picks. Because Elijah Moore had a had a similar touchdown. Okay. You can't. It's like a slant to the crib. Like, come on. You can't have one, not the other. I'm just letting you know. Tua's was like 50 in the air where Joe Flacco's was oh, like maybe we, five. We just had an electric playmaker. God forbid. Oh, listen, can't wait. You guys have one too. You have Waddle. You know, actually, Yak, people use Yak to um, basically tear down a quarterback, <clears throat> but Yak is a quarterback stat. It helps quarterbacks. So Justin Fields, elite. Um, actually, no, not that because Look, the ball I get placement this guy. was off. I get this guy. But with Zach, yeah, definitely. This guy in narratives. It's disgusting. You know, <laughs> the biggest storyline that's happening in the NFL right now is where Deshaun Watson no is going to go. No doubt. It's between four teams that we know of. The Cleveland Browns, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Atlanta Falcons. Now, these teams believe that Deshaun Watson is making his decision tonight. Which means that, based on our prediction, we might ha- we might all have a, the team we think is going to go too wrong. We might, and it's a shame. I wish he would make his decision right here, right now, but he's not. Because of Yo, that, he's been hoping and praying. <laughs> I have, I've listed out the teams that he potentially can go to, and I've ordered them from one to four. Okay. The last team. Is the Carolina Panthers? I think it's a long shot he goes there, and some people may be wondering why because they have a great defense, they have a great group of weapons, they have Christian McCaffrey. The reason why is because their offensive line still stinks. I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to go into a situation that he feels is unstable. I think Matt Rule, that coaching staff right now, is unstable. They're on the hot seat. Even if Deshaun goes to Carolina and let's say they don't make the playoffs, Matt Rule is fired. He can still get fired. I don't think it's a stable situation for Deshaun Watson. That's why I don't think it's it's on his list right now. Third team is New Orleans Saints. If Sean Payton was still with the Saints, I think that would be his preferred destination. Sean Payton not being there and it being Dennis Allen instead I think has a lot to do with what he's going to decide. You can't rely on Michael Thomas. He hasn't played. He's always hurt. If Michael Thomas isn't there, the Saints have no weapons. They only have Alvin Kamara. Their offensive line is deteriorating. Teron Armstead is probably leaving. Cesar Ruiz is not a good guard. Eric McCoy is average. 
Their only they're the only player on that offensive line that's good right. is Ryan Ramshek and the right tackle. I'm forgetting his name. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but Ramshek, it'll pop I, I thought he was the right tackle. No, he's a guard. He is. I think he is a right tackle. But um, the one thing I'll say about Michael Thomas about always being hurt. He's been hurt for the. He was hurt last season, all of last You're season. Right. Yes, I'm thinking about Andres yep. Pete. He's okay. the we, left guard. Yep. Funny enough, we just got a report from Mike Florio saying Deshaun is incredibly torn between the four teams, so he he still hasn't made it up Insane. either. But one thing I'll say about Michael Thomas: yes, he was hurt all season, but this stemmed from an injury from last season that was the same injury, just because he did not get surgery. He waited to get surgery, so I feel like the injury is resolved. It's a matter of whether he's motivated to play or not. Yeah, I wonder how much the Saints have to trade to get Deshaun. It's it's probably it's every single team is trading three first yep. round picks to minimum, plus an impact player. I'm not sure who that's going to be, but I think the Saints with no picks, the offense might still be limited with the weapons they don't have. They just have Michael Thomas, who you know, yeah, you're right. It, that injury it stemmed from that, but. He's still missed significant time over the past couple of years. Number two is the Atlanta Falcons. It's because he's from Georgia. He's from Atlanta. I think he wants to go to Atlanta because he's from there. But easily, the Falcons have the worst situation of any team that he wants to go to. Him going to Atlanta is strictly because he's from there. And maybe... Some magic does work out there where Arthur Smith and him could do something. Maybe they hit on later round picks that the you know these guys become stars. It's all possible. But the Texans, I mean, the Falcons are going to be in a similar position to the Texans where they're not going to have cap space, they're not going to have draft capital, and they already have a roster that lacks talent at mostly every key position. I would be shocked if Deshaun Watson is not a Cleveland Brown. And I think Cleveland is hoping that, hoping for that as well. Not only because Deshaun Watson is a game changer, but because Baker Mayfield's leaving anyway. We're going to talk about Baker in a few, but Baker, for the most part, it's been reported that even if they don't land Deshaun, he's on his way out. He's probably getting traded. Cleveland, best situation. For the first time in his career, he's going to have an elite offensive line, an elite running game. He has a wide receiver, one in Amari Cooper. He's going to have the 13th ranked defense on the opposite side. They just got Chase Winovich, who's a pretty good edge rusher, opposite of Miles Garrett. That's going to be really good. The Browns, I think, are by far should be number one on his list. And they're functional. These aren't the same old Browns, kind of like the Jets. The Jets are, are making the turn now. The Browns made that turn. Andrew Barry is a functional GM. He's good at his job. Kevin Stefanski is one of the better coaches in the NFL. I heard, though, that the trade package that's rumored to be for Deshaun Watson, three first-round picks, Denzel Ward, and Nick Chubb. I'm not doing that. Jeez. I'm not doing that. I'm kind of surprised they would want Nick Chubb. Why? They need a running back desperately. They need a running back, but they need everything. <laughs> Listen, I say this as the Browns not doing it. You're getting Deshaun Watson. You're immediately getting it, it. In my opinion, the most talented quarterback in the NFL, but in everyone's eyes, at minimum, a top five quarterback. So I understand this trade, but you're losing your best cornerback by far. Do they have a number two? Greedy Williams. He's not bad. But regardless of that, Denzel is amazing. Greg Newsom and Troy Hill. Denzel Ward's the guy. You, you don't want to lose him. They would be definitely hurt at the secondary position. The thing, the and reason Nick Chubb why is not a huge need, especially because 
running back is replaceable. Dolphins expect him to sign Raheem Mostert. I love that. I'm pretty sure we called that on the show. Yeah, dude, I love that. The reason why they would trade Denzel Ward is because he's up for a contract extension. And then the cap and the, would the hurt. price is mm-hmm. five, the price that he wants is five years, a hundred mil. Yeah, deservingly so. Makes sense. But ultimately, I want to react to your list because there's a few things that stand out that I, to a degree, agree and disagree with. Him going to the Browns makes a lot of sense in terms of if I'm Deshaun, this is what I would want to do. But on the ground level, do the Texans want to trade Deshaun Watson in conference? I have a hard time thinking that that's what would happen. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers, and you're saying the Carolina Panthers are the worst destination of the four, in your opinion. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, they have the best weapons room by far. No, 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 no. My list is predicated on where I think these teams rank for Deshaun. This is Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So right now, I'm looking at the Panthers. They have the best weapons by far out of the four teams. I'm looking at it in the sense of, yes, their offensive line is relatively weak. However, you just bring in Austin Corbett. That's not a bad signing by any means. He was great with the Rams, going to come in and immediately impact. But then you already have Deshaun Watson, who's been accustomed to not having a great offensive line in his career. So it's not anything new. Now, you would pair that with CMC. You'd pair that with DJ Moore. You'd pair that with Terrence Marshall. You'd pair that with Robbie Anderson. That's exciting to me. This is a similar situation to, in my opinion, a lesser degree of my Broncos, but in a sense of they're really a quarterback away from competing. Not contending, competing. Because defensively, they have a strong nucleus as is. But offensively, they've been a quarterback away. You plug in Deshaun into the Panthers. That's extremely intriguing if I'm Deshaun Watson. Now, for the Saints, 100% agree with what you said. You don't have Champagne anymore. For me, this is not as entertaining of a location to go. Alvin Kamara, I think the world of him, he's fantastic. We don't know what's going to go on with his impending case right now. He was he was caught after the Pro Bowl where I don't think he – did he play in the Pro Bowl? Something happened in a club that they just Who? got into an altercation. Alvin Kamara, where he got into the oh, fight. Oh, yeah, after the yeah, – It was after, after the Pro Bowl. I believe so. So that's already up in the air too. You don't know what's going to go on with Teron Armstead and his contract situation. Uh, we do think that he's going to walk. However, if Deshaun goes, it's definitely a possibility that they could find a way to bring him back, even though the cap space in New Orleans is all over the place. However, they have shown that that's nothing to them. They find a way to work around it. And last but not least, uh, we, we spoke about it uh, to a degree, the Falcons already. If I'm Deshaun Watson, there's no part of me that wants to go back, go to Atlanta. There's nothing I look at with Atlanta that intrigues me to want to go there. I understand what you're saying with him going back home. That definitely makes a lot of sense in the sense of he needs support right now in this time in his life where there's definitely people on one side or the other. One that's in the sense of uh, it's Deshaun Watson. We don't care. We're brushing on the rug or the complete opposite side of this guy did some heinous things or is accused of doing some heinous things. I don't know if I can ever support him. I can understand that sense of where he'd want to go into a situation that he knows people have his back. I think Arthur Smith is the best coach out of anybody here. Stefanski just won coach of the year two years ago. I think Arthur Smith's a better offensive coach than him. The Falcons just won seven games with no offensive talent. Yeah, I think they're both good. Yeah, they are, they are both yeah, good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Arthur might be the best. Deshaun Watson might be saying, if you can win if you can win seven games with Matt Ryan, you can win ten with but, me. But what you just said that? That came out Deshaun's of your mouth. Deshaun's better than oh, Matt Ryan. I mean, God, yeah. I'm We're talking about Deshaun Watson here. Oh, I'm dead. 
It's just that I look at that roster and there's nothing that really intrigues me outside of Kyle Pitts. Yeah. They don't have a running back. Their offensive line's mediocre. They don't have a true wide receiver one. They just lost Russell Gage to free agency. There was a lot that He's would, not a true one either, though. Exactly my point. <laughs> exactly my point. There's not much going into this team. They got Zacchaeus, though. Zacchaeus isn't bad. He isn't a bad option, but he's, he's not, not a wide receiver either, one. Yeah. He's not. He's barely a wide receiver two. Yeah, Is Jarvis Landry and Kyle Pitts influencing you to no. to, to go? That no, doesn't do much. The only thing I will say to to Juice's defense is that he got put in a situation with Baker. He definitely had some type of success with Baker. However, it would not surprise me if he goes to a better situation with a better quarterback. And Juice increases his level of play. I wouldn't be surprised, but at this point in time, I don't think I think his best years are definitely behind him. So I'm not looking at it, a situation with Kyle Pitts and Juice that if I'm Deshaun Watson, yes, this is the team I want to go to. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see it other than the fact that he's going back home. The team for me personally, the Browns and the Panthers. Panthers are the most intriguing. I have two different thoughts. One is if Deshaun is just going to choose where he wants to go, like say for whatever reason, like Texans are like, hey, we don't care. You make a decision. I think he chooses Cleveland. They have the best roster, coach, offensive line. Everything makes sense. But if it comes down to this report, Deshaun is truly torn and complete hypothetical. But if it just comes down to the Texans saying, hey, they call all four teams up and say, listen, Deshaun doesn't mind going to any of you teams. So whoever makes the best offer, that's who we're going to send it to. I think at that point, I like the Carolina Panthers. And the reason I like the Panthers is because of David Tepper. David Tepper bought the team just a few years ago in 2018. He's by far the richest owner in the NFL. He's worth over $14 billion. The second most is Jerry Jones, who's around $9 billion. So ridiculous money, but even still, he's he's the richest and he has the most funds. Not that salary cap obviously changes things, not like the MLB. But I think David Tepper hasn't put his mark on this team yet. He's someone who obviously is incredible incredibly successful outside of football, but he hasn't had the chance to really, you know, make a huge strike and put Carolina on the map. They traded a second round pick for Sam Darnold last season. That's kind of just like, you know, a rock in the lake, right? He wants to go out and make a splash. You know, these rich people, they want to go and show everyone that they're the best. Everyone could have the most money, but can you go and win a Super Bowl? And I think having David Tepper, someone who's a brand new owner, still wants to get respect around the league and sees a very winnable division, I look at him in the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be the guy if anyone, if you even could overpay for Deshaun, he would be the one to do it. I think the Saints have had success over these last 10 years. They're saying we're a stable organization. You know, Sean Payne has has proven that even though he's gone, that like even if you don't have to go and overspend for somebody, as long as we're stable, that's good enough. And you look at Atlanta with Arthur Blank, who has been the owner there forever. And even um, Cleveland's a little bit different. But I just look at these other teams thinking that they're not going to be as aggressive because they've seen success in the past. While Carolina, with their new owner, hasn't seen any success since 2018. They did go to the Super Bowl with Cam, but that was before David Tepper brought the team. So I think he would be the one to tell the GM in front office, whatever they want, I don't care who we have to get up, go and make it happen. Because if you look at their defensive pieces, I think the only person off limits would be Brian Burns to me. I think that's who they're going to want, though. And that would hurt. But Did I, you trade JC? If it had to be done, it had to be done. JC who? Horn. Horn. Oh, no. You're I not think, trading JC Horn? No. I think David Tepper is going to be the guy that would really be the difference maker here and be willing to give up a Brian Burns or a JC Horn while these other teams aren't going to be as willing to give up their key stars. And then you look around. Deshaun, 
I understand the offensive line isn't there, but you have CMC, who's, when healthy, the best dual threat running back in the game. DJ Moore with uh, three straight 1,100-plus-yard seasons with terrible quarterback play. Deep threat and Robbie. Terrence Marshall, who had a disappointing rookie season, but was they still— They got Rashard Higgins. They got Rashard Higgins, but uh, a third-round pick who was highly touted coming out of LSU. So, and you throw in Deshaun Watson into that mix, all of them go crazy. I wouldn't trade JC because Stephon Gilmore is probably not coming back. Dante Jackson is free agent. They cut AJ Boye. They don't have any corner. I'm not saying you should. I'm saying David Tepper, out of all of these owners who at the end of the day have to make the decision to say yes or no, David Tepper to me is the guy that's going to go overboard and want to make the big splash. If I'd CMC, give them Derek Brown. If CMC's included, you're doing it? Oh, yeah. I'd, yeah. Rather, give, I'd rather give CMC than Brian Burns or JC. I feel like CMC's the intriguing part for me if I'm Deshaun to want to come play with them. Like think, DJ Moore, yes, is great. I was going to say, I think DJ Moore just because he's more he stays healthy. CMC, that's the thing. DJ Moore with Deshaun Watson could have a top five. I'm, not, dis- yes, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying in the sense of CMC, we've seen him be the best running back in football. Why, if I'm Deshaun Watson, would I want to go into a situation where if I have CMC, offensively, we really can't, you can't guess what we're going to do. I have, running backs I have, don't matter. I have, but it's CMC. He matters. I'm Deshaun Watson. I already am a dual threat. I, mean, I have one of the best arms. CMC's best year. What, what was their record? Six and ten? But in the same sense of you bring in a quarterback that influences winning. Mike Davis had like similar numbers. He was similar <laughs> numbers in who? CMC? Stop it. He, replayed, he played really well. Come on. Listen, you should know. I oh, f- Listen, Mike Davis, fantasy legend. God bless you. <laughs> that being said, it's not CMC. Not by any means. No, we know, but running backs don't matter. Bro. And and also, CMC is different. And also, the Panthers have the sixth pick. These other teams don't have a top six pick to offer. Oh, so if, if it comes to Houston, gone. exactly. Gone. But you have a premium pick at number six compared to, um, you know, where is Atlanta picking this year, actually? I think four. No, 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 no. Nine. Broncos eight. were at nine. Eight. Let me let you know right now. They're, Jets they're, are 10. It's either 11 or 15. It's one of those. Why do I think they're like eight? 11 through 15. No, I'm pretty sure they're eight. You think so? I'm always positive. Well, Drew's searching it up. So um, but yeah, so see. having the number six pick, that's going to be eight. Um, that's going to be, you know, the most or the highest pick in the I mean, draft. Even though eight it's not a big drop off. I agree. Um, but yeah, that, that's one thing that we didn't know that you would get the highest pick with Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think Carolina is the best situation, but I don't, I don't know if Deshaun is looking at it in that way. That's, that's my main thing. But if I was Deshaun Watson, Cleveland is the most intriguing place. But also, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm like, if I go to Cleveland, I'm staying in the AFC. That's absolutely stacked. The NFC is is easy. Do you think he cares that much? I think he. I don't know if he cares that much, but if I he think goes he goes to Cleveland. They're much. the favorites to win the division. Mm, probably. I w- I wouldn't disagree with you, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. Think about how the Browns were perceived last off season, right? We look at them on paper this season. They're. I wouldn't say they're better than last season. They're about the same. How can we not expect Deshaun to come in and not project them higher? I mean, these three teams right here, it's the Browns and the AFC, and then the rest of them are the a- the NFC South. If he goes to Carolina, you know Atlanta's going to be effed up for a couple of years because they're going to be rebuilding. You know the Saints, that credit card bill comes due, and all these restructures are going to come back to bite them eventually. They're not going to be in the best position. Tom Brady, this is probably his last year. I know we always say that, but this is probably his last year. He's retiring. 
this is a cakewalk of a division and a conference if you're Deshaun Watson. And it doesn't matter what team you go to, Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. Each of these teams, he can make a playoff team if he goes there. Yeah, for sure. Each of those teams. Even Atlanta, which I'm not high on Atlanta because they have limited talent. You hit on a couple late-round draft picks, restructure some contracts, sign some key players. They can be right in the mix of things. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, him versus any other team in the NFL, if it's just one game, you know, we saw him get pummeled by the Bills defense and still recover and make a, a game saving play. You know, this is Bro, a, ate that. This is this is Deshaun Watson we're talking about. So they were up what twenty one nothing on the Chiefs? Six oh yeah, nah, they blew it against the nothing, Chiefs. Right? But so the still, NFC, they were up huge. That not many teams can say they did that. The NFC for me is the, the place I look at if I'm Deshaun Watson, like I want to be there. You know, well, don't get me out of the AFC right now. Man, I, Unless I you're Russell Wilson, people don't have that mentality to want to really go compete. You know, some some quarterbacks are smart about their choices, and some others, like Russell Wilson, walks into the fire intentionally just to get burnt. We're going to talk about the AFC West. Not right now, but we want to compete. Few. I don't fear nothing. You don't fear no man. I hope you guys heard him when he said that. We're coming for the bowl this year, nothing less. A quarterback that was drafted in the same class as in the same draft class as Deshaun Watson was Mitchell Trubisky. He was a second overall pick in 2017. And after a rough stint in Chicago where the organization gave up on him, he was scapegoated. He was released. He was embarrassed. He was left naked. He went to Buffalo with Brian Dable. Learned more football. Learned under, learned under Josh Allen. To the point that word got around the league that Trubisky's a hot character guy. And a year later, we noticed Matt Nagy's not the smartest, not the best offensive guy. Maybe he was holding Mitch back a little, right? The Steelers pick him up. Two years, $14.5 million. It can go up to $27 mil in total. I look at Mitch Trubisky. I see a high-character guy. I see somebody who once had six touchdowns in a single game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week four in 20. 18. I see a mobile quarterback. I see leadership qualities. I look at the Steelers and I see Mike Tomlin, a coach who's never had a losing record. A team that just signed Levi Wallace, Miles Jack, James Daniels. The Steelers aren't going to be a slouch. And I know everybody's hating on Trubisky. But if I was a better man, and if I were to give you advice, I put some down on Trubisky for comeback player of the year. And I believe in that. Must not be strong candidates. Matt Candidate. Oh, no. That, that's what went into my reasoning, uh, quite uh, frankly. Uh, I, there's no player I see that's coming back from a gruesome injury that can win that award. I think Jameis Winston played well enough last year to even if he plays well this year, he won't win it. Maybe McCaffrey. You never know. Trubisky fits Matt Canada's RPO offense. It's a perfect fit. Trubisky has a 29-21 and 21 record as a quarterback, 64 touchdowns, 38 picks, 87 passer rating. That's better than a lot of guys in their first couple of seasons. Steelers offense would be Najee, Deontay Johnson, Claypool. Is Juju back? We don't know. But even if he's not, James Washington, Pat Furmuth. Leave Washington's a free agent. 
that offensive line, maybe yes, maybe yes, they yes. bring him back. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line, I think, is going to be better. Kevin Donson, Kendrick Green, James um, Daniel, James Daniels. I looked at a tweet that Duke Mayweather put out, who is an offensive lines coach. He said if he was the Steelers, he'd put James Daniels at center, he'd put uh, Kendrick Green at left guard, and Kevin Dotson at right guard because those are all their natural positions. And he 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 said this specifically: if they do this, they'd have an athletic and nasty offensive line. They also signed Mason Cole, probably some a depth piece. It's He's okay. good at run blocking. He's not a great pass blocker by any means. The start of Mitchell Trubisky's career was sabotaged by Matt Nagy. When they made that trade for Khalil Mack in the moment, it was a great trade, there's no doubt, because they made the playoffs. Their defense was elite. But giving up those draft picks meant they couldn't improve offensively. Paying Khalil Mack that much money meant they couldn't spend big in free agency to give Nagy and Trubisky more offensive help. The offense got worse year by year. Trubisky, I think, is has more similarities to Ryan Tannehill than Sam Donald did. Last year, when Sam Donald got traded to the Panthers, everybody said, he's the next Tannehill. He's the next Tannehill. People were a year too early. Mitchell Trubisky is the next Ryan Tannehill. He's the next guy that everybody was out on. He's going to have a really good year this upcoming season with the Steelers. They're going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. And we're all going to be looking back at Matt Nagy like, damn, he really messed up Trubisky. We look at Ryan Tannehill now. He had great he had great seasons in 2019 and 2020. In 2021, he went back to the quarterback that he is. Like, he's an average quarterback. I think Trubisky's average. He's between that 14 to 18 range of quarterbacks. Maybe 14 God, to 20 Zooks, range of quarterbacks. That is high. 14? Brother. That is high. You had to. Oh, my goodness. God, that's high. And I think Trubisky's going to have a good year in Pittsburgh. I do. 14. Dude, that's high. Go ahead, Joel. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm flabbergasted with the 14th best quarterback. <laughs> you said a lot of good stuff. I'm sitting here like, you're you telling know what? Me like, okay, 14 is a bit high. 16 at 20. Uh that's what I'll say. I don't hate that. I don't hate that as let much. Me, Joe, let me ask you something. Okay. Who's better? Trubisky or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. I'm going Jalen Hurts. I disagree. That's a terrible take. No, that's not actually. <laughs> you called what, what Jalen Hurts better about? than Matt Ryan, bro. Yeah, a sent tweet. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Yo, that was hilarious. <laughs> that's even more ridiculous. I was cracking up. Uh, I knew Jalen that. Jalen Hurts will never be an MVP, I, bro. I, no, okay. But I'm saying right now, going to 2022, He's I'd rather not, Jalen Hurts. No, you, I, you would be one of the worst GMs in football. Yeah, you wish. Um, I'm oh, Joe Douglas. Four, you're I don't know who you are. You right, can never go. say uh, you're Joe Douglas. Let's take that back. Let's let's name him. I'm I'm gonna name mediocre quarterbacks. You tell me if you're taking Mitch Trubisky or this guy. All okay. right, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, of course. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill. 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 Actually, it's the closest anything, but Tannehill. Okay, Jimmy G. That's close. Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Trubisky. Wow. Teddy Bridgewater. Trubisky. I might lean. I think Teddy. I might take Teddy. Mac Jones. Mac. Mac. Tua. Trubisky. Tua. Baker Mayfield. It's close. It really is close. It is. I think I'm taking Baker. I also think I'm taking Baker. And Carson Wentz. Wentz. It's close. Taking Wentz. That's really yeah, close to me, Trubisky's too. in that 22 to 26 range. 
Yeah, Trubisky's like 14. Four, bro, 14, 14 was ludicrous. <laughs> Even 15, like 16 to 18, bro. Oh, man. Yeah, I was bugging. I was bugging. 16 okay. to 20, though. All right, all right. I mean, 14 to 16 is not a huge jump. No, it is because 14, 15 is like Ryan and Tannehill. Then the next batch is like Mac Jones, Hurts, and all those other guys. Oh, and Jimmy G and stuff. Okay, 14, anyhow. Um, so two of our good friends, me and Drew, you, you met Joey, obviously had, had us on the podcast. Yeah. They're both Steelers fans, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and our friend Jer. So over this last week, they've just been talking strictly to Sean Watson. It's just been in our group chat, just to Sean <laughs> Watson for a week straight. And I respect it. They wanted to go out. Drew manifested Manifest. Russ. I tried to he, get them on that right boys, mindset. Manifest to Sean Watson oh, to Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I feel bad for Steelers fans. I really do because on one hand, you had this great run for 15 years with Ben where you were competitive year in and year out. You were making Super Bowls, playoff appearances, AFC championships. Big Ben was a top five quarterback. You had great weapons. You still do. But you go and you sign Mitch Trubisky. And you sign him on day one, nonetheless. You don't even tap into the Carson Wentz market. It seems like you don't even try for Deshaun Watson. Um, Jimmy G, you're not really turned on by, even though I agree if you can't if he can't throw it till August, I'm not really in on Jimmy G either. But you go out and you sign Mitchell Trubisky first day, really within the first hour or two of free agency, and everyone was shocked because we expected Mitch to sign, but I don't think anyone Giants. yeah, I don't think anyone saw Pittsburgh as the I destination mean. because that tells me that he's the clear starter, right? They gave him a decent contract. I think it was two years, $14 million. So not guaranteed starter, but I think we all project him to outbeat Mason Rudolph. Talking about Trubisky, that's yeah. a great contract. Yeah, for sure. I think most of us were expecting him to go to a spot where he has to earn the job. And to me, even though the Steelers are going to say he has to compete with Mason Rudolph. It's against he's not Dwayne gonna, Haskins and Rudolph. Yeah, but we know gonna we know that. who's going to win that. Let's hope. He will win that. Now he's going to win it. He, he's going to win it. I was low on Ben last year, right? I thought he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But if you look at Ben's stats last year and Mitch Trubisky's stats from his last year starting in 2019, they're, they're not that far off. I mean, you look at 2019 Mitch, 2021 Ben. Mitch had 3,100 yards, but was 13th in attempts. Ben had 600 more yards, but was 6th in attempts. Trubisky, 63% completion percentage. Ben, 64%. Trubisky had a 17 to 10 touchdown interception ratio. Ben, 22 to 10 interception ratio. Trubisky had a quarterback rating of 93. Ben had a quarterback rating of 87. And then if you want to look at his deep ball ability, which Mitch was terrible at. He's not good at deep balls, no. They were Mitch was god-awful. He completed 16% of his passes for five touchdowns and seven interceptions, while Ben completed 30% of his passes for six touchdowns and three interceptions. So the whole Mitch is better than Big Ben. He is. Maybe marginally better, but even still, the athleticism. The Bears. I know. You have ad- to understand also... You're not even taking into account his athletic ability. I, I was just about to say his athleticism without a doubt because Ben was the least mobile quarterback in the NFL. But when you look at the yards, the touchdown reception, the quarterback rating, um, the completion percentage, mm-hmm. they're basically on par with each other. Now, oh, Mitch yeah. does give you the ability to have a mobile quarterback, and, and mm-hmm. that definitely helps because Ben couldn't move at all, and that's going to limit your offense. Yeah. But I just look at all of the moves the rest of this division has made. The Ravens went out, made three huge signings. The Bengals, who just made the Super Bowl, went upgraded the offensive line. The Browns are in talks to get to Sean Watson. So you have your entire division making huge moves, and you go with the, the safe? Uh, is he safe? I don't even know what you want to call it, but... An option that has very limited upside to me. I don't see Mitch Trubisky having a top 15 season. I don't think that's in his range of outcomes. I think that is in the range of outcomes for a guy like Carson Wentz, who could be that 15, 13 to 15 range, still in the back end. But to me, Mitch is just someone that you're kind of saying, 
He's not going to screw everything up, but he's also not going to elevate anyone above me. The one thing I will say is this makes more sense if they take a quarterback in the first round. If they do get whoever their QB1 is, if it's Malik Willis or Pickett, whoever it might be, then I like it more because at least you have someone who could start for a year or possibly even going into their second season the first few games while that guy develops. And that I could get behind because at least you have a plan. Right now, this is a bad Band-Aid. This is a Band-Aid that's going to fall off your finger in 20 minutes maybe Mm -hmm. because the AFC is stacked. Your division is stacked. You're basically telling your fans, we're going to come in last this year. We're probably going to come in last next year because our division is loaded. The AFC is loaded and they're not going to compete. But let's think about it like this. People definitely didn't expect the Steelers to be in the playoffs this season, and they were a playoff team regardless. Now, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. What you said is facts. Mitch Trubisky is not the best quarterback by any means. He's barely the word good. At best, he's he's at best average. Yes. Now, I'll say like this. In this situation specifically, on a team that has a bad offensive line that definitely took strides to better it this offseason, would you have... Rather, the Steelers look into a Jimmy Garoppolo, or would you rather them and and look at Jimmy Garoppolo and pay the twenty million, or look at a guy like Mitch Trubisky, pay him seven million, a guy who has taken a year to learn underneath one of the better quarterbacks in the league, be uh, in a group with one of the better offensive minds in Brian Dabble, and take that risk with a guy who has upside in the sense of he's a mobile quarterback. He's not the best passer by any means, but Deontay Johnson showed that he does not need the best passing quarterback to be successful. The one weapon that I do look at that does need a a good quarterback or a great quarterback to to really elevate their game would be Mapletron, uh, Chase Claypool. He needs someone that's going to let the ball fly downfield, really make explosive type plays because he's an explosive type wide receiver. Najee Harris, and I'm sure he's looking at this in the sense of, I got someone who's going to feed me the ball. Actually, but Mitch actually checked down at a very low rate last time he started. But you still have to understand, at this point in time, he has to have taken in some new kind of knowledge. 2018? I don't. I have to find he the tweet. He looked up 2019. That's yeah, his 2019, 2019 season. Like his Cohen last was full, out for the year. Maybe that plays into it. And I'm Because Tariq Cohen had a really great yeah, receiving year. He was phenomenal. And I'm, yeah. and I'm just also taking in the fact that Najee Harris is one of the more exciting young running backs in the league. And he can do it both in between the tackles and also in the receiving end. We saw it with Big Ben last year. He relied heavily on Najee Harris's receiving ability for any type of offensive production. Now, yes, in the grand scheme of things, it does not look great on the Steelers' part given the fact that you have teams hungry for elite quarterback options and you're one of them you should be a big player on the market for a guy like Deshaun Watson if the Browns are, are willing to 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 change the landscape of their franchise for this guy Deshaun Watson you should be in that mix as well there's no excuse but I do agree this is the best situation Mitch could have been put in he has an X wide receiver in Deontay Johnson he has a solid weapons room with Chase Claypool Fryermuth. Najee Harris. These are guys that are great options. As a whole, this is one of the better weapons rooms in the NFL. Go ahead. So from 2018 to 2020, Mitch had a checkdown rate of 3.5%, which ranked third lowest in the NFL during that time frame. So Cohen did have a great season, but even still, he had a very low checkdown rate while he was the starter. Where, but I, that's taken into account all three seasons. 
it's a pretty it could, big it sample size. I know, but it could have been really like low in 2019 like and 2020. 20, like that 2018 season. Is it? Can you just find me the 2018 season? Like, I just mean, I can look at like his re, like Cohen's receptions. I I have to dig into it. Okay, so just to just to wrap it all up, I I don't think that this was a bad move by the Steelers for the contract. If he outperforms it, you guys look like geniuses. If not, you take the you take the bite in the arm. It is what it is. You move on. You draft a, a quarterback like you mentioned, Malik Willis, or a, 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 a excuse me, Pickett. What's his first name? I'm blanking on his first Kenny. name. Kenny Pickett. Then, then I really don't mind because listen, it's a contract that has very low risk but high reward. You have two years with this guy underneath your belt, and if he outperforms that contract, you guys look brilliant. I feel like this is a no brainer. Listen, I have a soft spot for people in general that get scapegoated when things go wrong. There's no other position in sports that gets scapegoated as much as the quarterback position. I think Mitch Trubisky, I think he's average. And I've been saying, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's good. He's average. But there's no doubt in my mind that he was scapegoated in Chicago. And it's showing right now. They're about to ruin another quarterback in Justin Fields. They have given him no help. One thing I will say about Tariq's call in 2018 season, well, he lined up in the backfield on 320 snaps. He had 170 snaps at wide receiver, which played a big part into why he had such a good receiving season. Uh, what um, what were his numbers? In the slot, yeah. Um, like receiving numbers? Yeah. Gotta give me a sec. Yards. And receptions. Yards, mister. He had a great year that year. Then, I mean, he's been hurt the last... He didn't play at all last season, or I think in 2020. Yeah, that was huge. Because in 2018, he had 71 receptions, 725 yards. Almost had 1K. He's a beast. At least that pro season, bowler. he was a beast. Yeah, deservingly so. Well, pro. Maybe this is probably like re, uh, return man or something, though. He actually had more receptions in 2019. That's kind oh, of yeah, crazy. Yeah, he had 79, but for far less yards, only 456. Yep. Interesting. So what Respect do we think? Mitch, man. What do we think? Pittsburgh <laughs> wild card? No. They're gonna be in the hunt. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no as well. I think they win seven games. I'm gonna say no as well, but I I do believe that, that Trubisky is gonna show flashes. I think this might be He's gonna have a good year. I think this might be Tomlin's first losing season. I don't think so. That's you the think that's, they win nine games. That's the main reason why I can't get on board because Mike Tomlin and the winning culture of the Steelers is going to motivate him to a degree to to play up to what everyone had these expectations of. Mike Tomlin's a different type of energy. He is, for sure. That's you know the only reason we're giving them any also, chance. Also, just to um, bring this up as well, the Steelers signed Miles Jack. They have Devin Bush. They brought in Brian Flores to be the linebackers coach. Bounce back seasons for them, hopefully. Both of them can have Very big time years. Very interesting. They can have big time Jack years. Jack was two years, sixteen million, so not like they invested a ton. I mean, they used a first round pick on Devin, but Devin was good his rookie year though until towards ACL. I wouldn't have mind if the Broncos brought in Miles Jack. Miles Jack still has something to prove. I bet. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, you have no linebackers. I mean, we say we we all say that about our I teams. literally need we need a linebacker. Bobby, please. Please. Need a safety in your corner. We don't need a safety. Desperate. Like, we don't need it. Who's going to, if Kareem Jackson walks, who's your starting safety? No, they don't. They do have Justin. I know, but you, need, you have two safeties. I will live. Caden okay. Stearns. Okay. No, he's good. I'm telling you, he's good. He's like that? He's a third, he was a third round pick. They drafted him in 2021. He's a good safety. We All draft right. amazingly outside of the quarterback. Well, now we don't have to worry about that for apparently 10 to 12 seasons. Baker Mayfield released a statement 
um, thanking Browns fans uh, because he's uncertain about his future. He's paper soft. And he thanked the Browns fans and he told the city of Cleveland, listen, I gave it my all. Um, things didn't always go as planned, but one thing you can always count on is that I'm going to give it my all all the time. No regrets, basically. And he wrote the letter. A lot of Cleveland Browns fans were defending him. Even hell, I was defending Baker, Baker Mayfield. Um, a report also came out that the Cleveland Browns want an adult at quarterback. And Chris Mortensen said this on ESPN that uh, they're going to break up regardless of what happens with Watson. And they want a quote, want an adult at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is one I would not ignore for Cleveland. So based off this information, based off what Baker wrote to the city of Cleveland, what are your thoughts? You look like you're very anti-Baker right now. So I'll ask you, Drew, because you called him soft. He is soft for that. The one report comes out that the the Browns are interested in Deshaun Watson. Very. Here's here's a here's a a, a two two screenshot. Instagram hey, come posts. on, can we grow up, please? Like I understand all the credit to Jimmy G to Tua, these guys who have dealt with all this controversy throughout like, the Tua year. Tua never and not nothing, once not released once. any outwardly strong message. He towards has no the he has no right to. Why is that? Because he's done nothing. He's won games in Miami that some a quarterback hasn't done in years. So give him that respect. He's done nothing for the city of Miami. That's debatable. No, it's not debatable. It's yeah, a fact. It is. Again, he's done nothing. He has won the most games for Miami quarterback in years that Miami quarterbacks have. Has he made the playoffs? The he's done two, nothing. He's been a game away two seasons in he's a row. He's done nothing. As a, as a rookie, let's be honest, this was his rookie season. He's done nothing. Yeah, it's different. For, for example, like Justin Herbert. No playoff Jimmy wins. Jimmy G, though? Like, you just overlooked Jimmy G. Listen, Is that listen. not facts? Yep. Justin Herbert, no playoff wins, but he set, he set records as a rookie. Good for he him. Has the most touching, he has the most passing touchdowns in a, in a quarterback's first two seasons starting in history. Why are we talking about Herbert? I'm saying he's done something. Baker has done something for Cleveland. Two has done nothing for Cleveland. Baker, he has no right to say It's anything. annoying because, yes, Baker came in at the, like, and he has been the first stable quarterback in years, but they've also, for, 20 the, years. for the first time, have a good roster and a front office that knows what they're doing and, and a head coach. Offensive line. And a head coach yeah. and a, like, yes, I get it. Baker's been stable for them, but we can't throw out the fact that they had a top five talented roster. The coach of the year, Andrew Barry, has been a great GM for them. Like it's not. There's all, no doubt. Baker hasn't been carrying this team. Let's I'm not. not who's saying that? Nobody's saying uh, that. Your tweet yesterday no, made no, it no. seem like they're just throwing Nobody, Baker to the side because he's saying great. That. This is what I'm saying. You're calling it soft. I'm calling it a man of emotions. Oh my god. That's not the worst thing in the world to show. I don't disagree. This overly. guy, you got You got to understand. Honest, you have what to. What was the need for it? There was you no have need. to understand. There was no official there, report. There was like two it. hours he, before. Be it, bro. It he's, was like he's the one that came out and broke it. Uh, the news that the Browns were going to move off of him. Because before then, I just thought the Cleveland had like an outside chance. But he put that out, and I was like, "Oh shit!" That's like, exactly. They really my might point. get Deshaun. Facts. This is why. The reason why I love what Baker Mayfield did is because he gave himself up. He basically said, listen, whatever happens, I tried my best. And all Baker Mayfield has done his entire life is try his best. He was a walk-on at Texas Tech. I don't want to hear this, The story's man. great. He was a walk-on at Oklahoma. A you're, walk-on. You're putting me to sleep. He's, incre- he he's won. an incredibly successful he man. He won a Heisman Trophy. 
being a walk-on with the best first coach overall pick. Oh yeah, oh yeah, country. oh yeah, right. Okay, let's just disregard what Baker did. He did it with literally every quarterback he had. He was drafted with the first overall pick. He was drafted into a situation where the team had an zero and sixteen season. They had zero wins. First season, he wins seven games with the Cleveland Browns. I remember the dilemma with Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson didn't want to play him in the beginning of the season. He was forced to because of a Tyrod Taylor. He was struggling against the Jets. And Baker came in against the Jets. And Baker lit the Jets up. Yeah, we we sucked. He set records for a rookie in his first season in the NFL. He had 26 passing touchdowns. Yes, he regressed in 2019. But that's because Freddie Kitchens couldn't coach. In 2020, you give him Kevin Stefanski. He throws for 30 touchdowns. Leads the Browns to the playoffs. For the first time since 2002, and when wins the city of Cleveland, its first playoff game since 1994. He's been with the Browns for four years. Two of the years have been great. Two of them have been roller coasters that have been going downhill. I don't blame Baker at all for getting emotional over that. He gave the city four years. He dealt with multiple injuries this past season. While I don't think he's a great quarterback, the Browns owe him some respect. They owe him some honesty. They owe him some respect. Hey, Baker, we don't think you're a fit for this team anymore. Baker has to hear from it from media? You that's ridiculous. You have the he chance deserves to better. get Deshaun Watson. I'm not disagreeing with that. And let's also I think be they real. should get Deshaun the Watson. The Browns are not in a position to be satisfied with the playoffs. And I'd how move many off. times has Baker called out like the medical staff or coaches or players were just like outright to the media talk shit about his own team? I'd move off from Baker Mayfield in a heartbeat for Deshaun Watson. And that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is that Baker Mayfield had every right to write what he wrote and release that statement. Nobody... Unless I'm going crazy, I didn't hear... And I don't think it was a bad look. I didn't think it was a realistic chance that Deshaun was going to Cleveland until Baker put that out. That made me think... I thought it was. No, we heard the NFC South teams. Those were the only teams, Carolina and New Orleans. Those were the two teams competing. Once Baker put this out, that's what made Twitter and the world go, oh, he could really go to Cleveland. I never thought that way. The reason why is because... I felt like the Browns were always in on Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's quite obvious that if they have the chance to move off from Baker, they're going to go get Deshaun. They released an all-pro caliber center in J.C. Treader to release some cap space. They released Jarvis Landry. I'm pretty sure they released some other players too. They did this because they're creating cap for Deshaun. I thought it the entire time. But that's different. You create... It's one thing if you know you're going to get him. They're not making these moves like knowing in their head we're getting to Sean. We have to clear up cap. They were just doing it because they had to clear up cap. No, they're doing it because they're they're like in the situation where we're going to get to Sean. We got to have the cap. No, but all they could do is oh we're getting to Sean. Okay, now we could cut them. They're not going to cut them prematurely. It doesn't make sense to cut them three days before. You know what I'm saying? Like because I don't know. You just cut all these players and, and, and you, you don't, don't get him. Sean. You look stupid. I mean, I think the Browns will take that risk. And I also think that the Browns are looking at J.C. Treader like he's a great center for sure. Jarvis was all, the always going to be a you're cup right, candidate. You're right. J.C. Treader is one of the better centers in an NFL for sure. But we have a great offensive line even if he's not there. So I think they were a little bit okay with cutting him. But the re- I thought I tweeted it yesterday too. 
when they cut J.C. Treader, I was like, this is obvious. This is a move to get Deshaun. I think they, and it was also reported that Deshaun was going to meet with them, too. So he this met with did, them yesterday. Yeah, this didn't come out out of nowhere. Like, I think Baker released this statement because he wanted it. He wanted to put his face out there. He wanted his words to be out there to be received by the city of Cleveland and his fans. We didn't to hear Matt Ryan doing this. We didn't hear Darnold doing this. We didn't hear Wentz doing this when he got traded. Why would traded? Darnold have to do it? Darnold's done he's nothing. A, he's the starting quarterback. What about Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, okay, I agree. That's and a Jimmy different G. case. That's a different well, what case. What about Wentz when all the rumors that he was going to get traded? I didn't see him put anything on social media. He openly talked to teammates about him saying he wasn't happy about the 2017 Eagles' success without him. I don't care if he goes and talks to teammates that were supposed to be private. That's cool with me. What I don't like is what? you going on social That's media. Facts, though. Okay, but you're okay with a, your your franchise quarterback okay. saying, bro, no, more if, if, okay. If Drew's the coach and we're boys, and I'm like, yo, it, it kind of pissed me off. We're supposed to be boys. We're supposed to be tight. You're not supposed to say nothing. If I'm like, yo, I was tight that they actually won. And that's supposed to say between us. It's my fault that you went out and told somebody? I'm not saying it's your when, fault. When it's thought it was you okay. doing it, you doing it is a more of a, is a reflection of your character. But Wentz thought he had teammates that were going to keep his conversations private, and obviously, and Wentz also happen. everywhere he's been has been questioned for his leadership, and so has Baker. Who's Baker's questioning a, his leadership on the Browns, bro? Baker's not a good leader. What are we, what are we talking about? There's a reason why they want an adult at quarterback. Yeah, what? I think that's he, a shot he at called, Baker. He called out the medical staff. That adult at quarterback report came after this statement Baker released. But this has been a trending thing. We know Baker is not this the most mature quarterback in the NFL. We've known this since coming out of college. Okay, he's Him not holding the, his the job, putting the get flag a, on midfield. You get away with things like that when you're, you're nice. winning and like you're Kyler. successful. Kyler could be immature. I don't give a damn. He's a top ten talent. Look at the way that Joe Burrow. Acts Kyler in hasn't media. won a playoff game. He who do we have? Kyler or Burrow or Kyler or I would rather have Baker. Kyler, but that's not the that's not the discussion. Uh, my here. point being is. Look at Joe Burrow, the way that he expresses himself in the media, expresses himself off the field. Well, Joe he, Burrow's different he, class type of but guy. Because he is able to perform at a high level. You get away with things okay. like that when you perform at a high level. So you're telling me the moment Joe Burrow doesn't perform up to that level, you're turning your back on I'm him? I'm not turning my back, but the media will 100% start to scrutinize him more for okay, it. And there's a reason why the city of Cleveland and its fans are behind Baker Mayfield. Because they understand. And it, it's it's a... People, is there? Is there? I, I is was going to say, Cleveland really supporting Baker Mayfield tooth and nail. They, they Bro, are. I don't they think are. you think they a are. single fan in Cleveland is going to be upset if they upgrade from Baker Mayfield. It's not about that. It's to about Deshaun how they're treating. That's it's the about thing. how they're treating Baker Mayfield, bro. That's what it's about. It's not about. It's the principle that matters. I don't. I don't know any Browns fans, but I find it incredibly hard bro, to believe this is that a they Browns are franchise. all diehard Baker Mayfield stands. Well, Listen, we know. All of we them. know. We know muffins. We know tizzy. Both of them say, if we get Deshaun Watson, adios, Baker Mayfield, okay. I never want to see you ever of again. Of course, it's not all Browns fans. Nobody's ever insinuated it was all Browns fans. You just said Brown but, City. You said the city of Cleveland was behind Baker. That's what you just said. <laughs> Bro, that doesn't mean it's every single person. Though. You said you know the city of Cleveland. But it doesn't mean it's every single You're person, You're saying a bro. good majority of the city. Okay, Have you guys, 85%. Let me ask you a question right now. Have you searched up Cleveland Browns or Baker Mayfield on Twitter? No. You haven't since this. Okay. I want you to go home after the podcast, search it up, and see what the reporters, what the beat reporters, what people that the people that cover the Browns are saying about Baker in this situation. I want you to do it. And I want you to tell me if it's mostly positive or mostly negative. It's mostly them thanking Baker for 
finally giving them a stable quarterback because they've been a poverty franchise for 20 years until Baker showed up. They were 0-16 before Baker showed up. They went through the most quarterbacks in the NFL until Baker showed up. What exactly do I have to search here? Do I have to? I like- mean, but you look at this quarterback list. Tim Couch, Derek Anderson, Brian Hoyer, Colt McCoy, Charlie Fry, Brandon Whedon, Trent. He didn't have much to compete with. As long as he was average, which he was majority of the time average, except okay. his one great season okay. in 2020. You bring up a great point. Okay. You get, they're, they're, okay. They nobody's. The, there's, there's not many quarterbacks to compete with. Whatever. Who was the quarterback that gave us our best season as Jets fans? Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, no, no. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was. No, it wasn't. Statistically? Be honest. Statistically. No, no. The uh, best season. Yes. Sanchez. If you're talking statistically, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Even though Sanchez wasn't a good quarterback, Jets fans appreciate Mark he Sanchez. He took us to back-to-back AFC championships. This guy went to a, a playoff game. And they they won their first playoff game since 1994, bro. And they beat a, a bad Steelers team who were off the rails at the end of the season. The Steelers were favored in that game. Okay, but the Steelers were terrible at the bro, end of the year. And the they Steelers, almost blew that game. They were up like 30, and the, the Steelers, Steelers came back and almost the won. The Steelers were favored in that game, and the Browns beat the brakes off of them. Three? Like, come on, bro. What You're are you talking at, about they're here? They're not 10-point favorites. Saying. They were three-point favorites, probably. To, for, for you to act like it's so asinine for Browns fans to appreciate what Baker Mayfield to has done for the city is ridiculous. To Baker's done to what Sanchez has done is crazy. Sanders took us to back-to-back AFC Championships games. He was great in the media. He never talked shit about teammates, about the coaching staff, about medical people. Baker did all that. And all they did was go to one playoff game and you're one. Missing, they got smoked you're around missing, two. You're missing the point. The point is, is You that brought up Sanchez. Yes, but you're missing the point of me bringing up Sanchez. I brought up Sanchez because even though he was a bad quarterback, we as Jets fans appreciate him. Yes, we would have moved off from Sanchez in a heartbeat for a better quarterback. Doesn't mean we wouldn't appreciate Sanchez. Sanchez. The same way would, Browns fans appreciate Baker Mayfield. If, if right, Sanchez, they appreciate if Baker Mayfield. Sanchez called out Sean Green, LT, Rex Ryan, the medical staff, would we still appreciate Baker, him? Who did Baker call out? He called out the medical staff. He had problems with teammates in the locker Ooh, room. Name me. Name me them. Odell. Odell was a big Odell, one. Odell was, his dad put out the footage. Baker never once came out in the media and, honest, and bashed do, Odell. Do you think Odell didn't okay that with his pops? I'm not saying he didn't. Baker never once. Baker never once bashed Odell in the media. Listen, man, I agree with what you're saying. Look, if I'm, I'm, if saying, I'm the city of Cleveland, but, but yes, I get y- it. Y'all are mentioning Odell. He called out Duke Johnson. That's who it was. Oh, yeah. Called out Duke Johnson. So that, that's the only person he called out, bro. I, I mean, are I, you that, serious? That, that was one quick Google search. I'm and that sure was, I could that find was after more. him requesting a trade. And Baker said, you're either with us or you're not with us. You're either all in or you're not. That's a bad statement to say? After somebody requests a trade? In terms of being appreciative for what he's done, the one playoff win, especially when you haven't been there since 2002, Yes, that is huge. However, in the grand scheme of things, which is what we're talking about, there is no fan that is going to be upset moving on from Baker. In the grand scheme of things, I've already told you guys, if you can get Deshaun, you do it. But the conversation here, the argument started because you think it's ridiculous for Browns fans to appreciate Baker Mayfield. I don't think it's and ridiculous. And you called I Baker think... Mayfield's statement to the fans soft. It was soft. It, it was a it's soft It's just move. him showing his appreciation that, to the fans. All right, fine. I'm fine with that. But there was no reason you to issue that, that statement that once the media traded. reported that you were suppo- that Deshaun Watson was interested in going to the Browns. When's the last time you saw a quarterback go on social media and say goodbye to fans Prior before to getting moved? That's the shit. When? Ever? 
maybe it's because Baker knows he's leaving Cleveland regardless of what happens with Deshaun Watson. Whose fault is that? It's not Baker's fault. Whose fault is it? Andrew Barry wants to move on for Baker. That's what that's his that's Baker's what he incredibly wants to do. average. All right, so let's get into it. Is Baker top twenty? Do you really is he really that good that we shouldn't move off of Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield is a top twenty quarterback. You upgrade from Baker in a heartbeat. Name name who 20. can who right now if they don't get Deshaun Watson can you upgrade if you don't have Baker Mayfield? He's an upgrade if you don't have Baker. I agree. Yes, Deshaun is the only one you go after now. I don't think I really don't think Baker has put himself in a situation where the Browns have to move off him now. No, it's because Andrew Barry already made the decision he was going to move off of Baker. But I never, anyway. I haven't heard this except. They before didn't yesterday. Before, I did not hear this. What do you mean? Before they did yesterday, I did bro, not bro, bro, hear this. They didn't accept his fifth year option. That's they're fine. not extending him as, as they should. You shouldn't pay. You shouldn't pay Baker Mayfield thirty five million dollars. If I'm a quarterback, I'm like, if you you don't believe in me, what is why it? should I want to stay here? You, so because you 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 know this is, where is he going to go and be better? Where is he going to go and be better? He's going to be better on the Colts. Mm-hmm. You have a team with, with a great no offensive weapons. line, a great head coach, Come Amari on. Cooper, a great run game. You go out. You this ball, is hypocritical. You go you out. Know why? No, hold up, hold up, hold up. Not from Let me talk. Hold up. You go out. You have a wide receiver, one great offensive line, run game, great head coach. You have all of this. You go and show the front office. You guys fucked up. I'm going to go out, have 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 4,200 yards, and now you're going to have to pay me early. Instead, Baker said, no, I'm going to go out and say goodbye to Cleveland because I didn't pick up my fifth-year option. Where's the competitiveness? Where's the fire that we all thought Baker had? He has that all right. for sure. All right, let me list the quarterbacks, please. Okay. I'm very interested. I'll list it. We'll list it after this. It's very hypocritical coming from you. Make my day. And it, it's actually... <laughs> I'm usually the only fair one on this podcast Goodness for, these, me, oh for these reasons. Goodness me. Because I'm fair to these guys, man. They're humans. I'm all not right? Baker, I'm sure, is a nice guy. Okay, listen. This is what I'm going to say, actually, for real. Uh, all jokes aside. You're mad at Baker for knowing. Baker already knows Cleveland's moving off from him. Baker knows that. Because they didn't they pick didn't, up his fifth-year option? They didn't. They didn't. Does he deserve to get his fifth-year option Let me finish, up? bro. Let me finish, bro. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They're not extending him. If I'm if I'm Baker Mayfield, this is what I'm thinking. I don't look, I don't care what you guys think. Where you guys think Baker ranks, I don't care about that. Because if I'm Baker, I took the Browns to their first playoffs since 2002. Won my first won their first playoff game since 1994. I deserve some respect. Were you mad? Were you mad when Kyler Murray and his agent released a long ass statement saying, I want a fucking max extension? You weren't mad. You were defending I, Kyler Murray. No, I stop? didn't like it. Kyler I did Mur- not like Kyler it. Kyler Murray. What has Kyler Murray done for Arizona? He's, he's not one of the playoff games. I said he should have fired his agent for that. I said it was a bad look, horrible but Kyler's comparison. amazing. So if he wants to do it, I'm upset with horrible it. Comparison. But I'll live it's with it. It's not a horrible comparison. It is. I didn't like that. I never defended Kyler for that. It's hypocritical because you guys you guys didn't care that Kyler did that. I never defended Kyler for that. But you're calling Baker Mayfield's statement soft? What Kyler did was soft too. I said that. I said you could live with it because it's Kyler Murray. He's amazing. Do you, do you think Cardinals fans are more emotionally tied to Kyler than Browns fans are more emotionally tied to Baker? I feel I like I feel like Browns fans are more passionate than Cardinals fans. Correct. But they're no, they've been through the but month. they're also more emotional for Baker because Baker brought them their first playoff win since 1994. I also think Baker is a much more divisive guy. He's someone that fans are split on. What Kyler? Everyone in Arizona is Kyler's our guy without a doubt. Kyler Murray. 
has been immature this entire time. Deleting posts on Instagram, yeah. then coming out with a statement. Agreed. But oh, he gets a pass because he's good, great. Everyone tries, great. To get, everyone tries to get their money damn. in different ways. That's it. But if he's Ky- deserved if great, that money. You, if Baker's, Baker deserves if Baker's a top 10 quarterback like Kyler, he could do this. Okay, a fuck it. Pay me. I'm a quarterback. You have to pay me. The Browns don't. What was Should LA not have moved off Jared Goff because they went to a Super Bowl? Should the Vikings not moved off Case Keenum because they went to the playoffs? If you have a chance to upgrade quarterback, you do it in a heartbeat. Baker shouldn't be sick. He hasn't done enough to get a $35 is, million dollar extension. This is the difference between us. The difference between us is that you are giving... Kyler a pass because he's great. Yes. Correct. He's Just great. Like any team would. He's great. Okay. That's fine. I know he's a great quarterback. Those actions are immature. They're they indefensible. They're immature, yeah. We talked we we had a segment about it, and I was like, I'm worried about Kyler because he hasn't accomplished shit. He's a bad leader. He shows immaturity. The Cardinals got better every year. Made he the shows playoffs. what? What have the Browns done? The Browns have done the, the same thing. Yeah. The year that the Browns fell off Except was the Browns because have a top five talented roster. While the Cardinals, the year, the year the Browns fell off was because Baker was injured. I mean, name an injury he had it. Are we not are we not going to give him the benefit of the doubt? I know Baker is not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a better quarterback, but. You are chastising Baker Mayfield for something that I know you wouldn't get mad at if Collar did it. Because when and you're that's great, the hypocritical part. When you're great, I will accept Didn't more I, of the BS. We just BS. went over this explanation with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's allowed to do the things that he does in the media because he's great. But Burrow doesn't wins. make any controversial remarks. Baker Mayfield, at the end of the day, released this statement because he knows his time in Cleveland is almost up. And even if they don't get Deshaun... Baker Mayfield and the Browns are likely moving on and he's going to get traded to wherever he wants. It's probably going to be Indianapolis. In your opinion, would you have preferred him to release this prior or after the re- the, the moving on of Baker Mayfield from the Browns? He signed his middle name. His middle name I, think, I think this was smart by him. It's horrible. It's horrible. And it's horrible. Why do you I wish, think this is I smart? Wish, I wish I came up with this take by myself. Actually, I wish. But... I was actually curious on how Colin Coward reacted. I was going to this. say Colin must have been eating this up. Colin Coward defended Baker because he said he think it's the most mature thing that Baker has ever done. Him releasing that statement meant that he would he beat Andrew Barry, the GM, to the curb. I'm not going to let you kick me out. I'm going to release this to the fans. So now the fans are behind me, and. Any team that's looking, Sean, no one's behind you, and bro. any team that's looking at this now thinks I've matured to the level where they want me to be on the team because I gave this team my all, this city my all. He did, and I think what Colin said was right. Absolutely, like this was a mature move by Baker. It was a chess move, and that's why I don't think that it was something for him. I don't think it was something for him to. Call, I don't think it was soft. I think it was a chess move, and I think he's positioned himself to the point that he's now ahead of the curb, and now. He's basically fucked over the Cleveland Browns because if the Browns don't land Deshaun Watson, they have two options, trade Baker Mayfield or bring him back. If they bring back Baker Mayfield, the city's going to love him. If they don't, they're going to be fucked up at quarterback. If they for don't a get while. Deshaun, Baker's the quarterback without a doubt. And they'll be a good I don't team. know because if he does request a trade and they do trade Baker Mayfield, now the Browns have no quarterback and now yeah, they're they in, look that, like the now Colts. that now they're they're in fire. They look like the Colts. Yeah, except the Colts could end up getting Baker, and now they fixed their quarterback problem. But why would the so Browns trade Baker if they don't have a backup option? Like that's why I never understood the Wentz deal because they don't have a backup option. 
You have Sam Ellinger and James Morgan. Those are your quarterbacks. Well, they have Case Keenum. I'm not terribly upset. I'll be, I'd rather have Case Keenum <laughs> than Sam Ellinger and well, I'm James saying, Morgan. I'm saying Baker, I think he got ahead of this. And that's why I think it, it was a smart move. And I've been agreeing with you guys. Look, if you get to Sean Watson, you do it in a heartbeat. It's, that's so, not a debate. Can we real quick get back to Baker being top 20? Baker Mayfield is definitely a top 20 quarterback. Where, where 20? He's 18th. Okay, so we have the without a doubts. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, Deshaun, Russ, Lamar, Burrow, Brady, Rogers, Kyler. That's 10. Stafford, Kirk, Dak, Carr, Tannehill. That's 15. Now Baker now, Mayfield can have a better season than Tannehill. Okay, but who are we taking right now, Tannehill or Baker? It's honestly really close. Tannehill had a bad year this past season. I'm taking Tannehill. Who are you taking? Mm, I'll probably lean Tannehill, but okay. it's really close. Now let's get into the questionable ones. Zach Wilson or Baker? Oh, come on, bro. You know I'm going with Zach. Trevor Lawrence or Baker? I'm going with Trevor. Okay. Matt, but hold up. Are we talking about like this, going into the next seasons season. they just had? No, going into next well, season, so who do you want to have? So we're projecting. We're saying going into 2022 season, I'll be who honest, do you want to be the I starting quarterback? Look, I understand that you're throwing in these rookies in here, but I kind of I, I kind of don't want to throw in these rookies in here yet. The only one that you can throw in there right now like is Mac. Names. The not, o- yeah, not exactly. Necessarily, not necessarily. The only Listen. one you can throw in is Mac, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think Zach and Trevor have done anything in the rookie seasons Listen, for me I, to I don't really care about looking at the 2021 season being like, was he better than him? I'm looking at the 2022 season. Who would I rather be the quarterback of my team? These The, the ones that I have clean over Baker without a doubt. Tom Brady, Rodgers, Herbert, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Kyler, Russ, Burrow, Stafford, Lamar, Kirk, Dak, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill. 15, 15. clean. Now, I have these group of quarterbacks that we could debate. Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz, Jimmy G, Tua, Mac Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Trey Lance. Baker is Baker is better than Tua, and Baker is better than Jimmy G. What does Baker do better than Tua exactly? I think he actually has a better arm. Actually, he's a stronger arm. That's it, and barely. I think accuracy. They're pretty much the same. Disagree wholeheartedly. I also disagree. Baker is one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks there is. That's a reason why they want to move off of him. This past season, because he His was... His whole thing out of college was how accurate he was and hasn't translated. He hasn't No, been. this past season, he was inaccurate because of the injuries. What was he? Uh, 2019 or 2020, he might have been in like that 66%. Right now, and, and we know my opinion on Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's the best thrower of the football. 2020, he was 63% completion percentage. Yeah, it's bad. That's, yeah, that's, that's Carson probably, Wentz. That's, I was going to say, it's probably like 20th best in the NFL. Yeah. Give or take. So but he's not Baker's accurate. also not... Throwing the passes to his throne, bro. The Let's offense see. was our like oh, again, bro. bro. You saw Tua let the ball go deep. His yards per attempt were seven point three. That's that's low. That's very low. Ben, I'm pretty sure Ben was around nine last year. Like personally, and I I don't mean this ill will wise or or agenda based. Teddy Bridgewater, right now, I would take over Baker Mayfield. Baker's better than Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe his upside, but right now I'm starting to not care about upside. Has Teddy Bridgewater ever had a season as good as Baker Mayfield has had in 2020 or his rookie season? I mean, he did go 7-0 with the Saints whenever he stepped in, or 5-0, whatever it was. Statistically, no, but in terms of impacting winning... What do you mean impacting winning? either way, like, listen... Every quarterback won with the Saints, bro. True, true. Teddy's also not... I mean, I guess he started about the same amount of years as Baker. I mean, Teddy completed 69% of his passes in Carolina. And last season, Teddy Bridgewater was better than Baker. Again, he was hurt, though, so I'll give you that benefit. Bro, of the it's because it's Teddy Checkdown. That's who he is, like Teddy Checkdown. That's not true. 
Come on, bro. I have Come Baker on. around the 22nd best quarterback. So the 15 guys we named up to Tannehill, but I'm also taking Zach, Trev, Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, Matt Ryan, and Trey Lance over him. Did you take two as well? I don't have two on this list, but I would take two over him. You're taking Justin Fields over him? That's close. Fields is my guy, so I'll ride with it. The problem I have with projecting is because is that we really don't know. Like, but that's I'm gonna what take, we're going to be doing. I'm going to take. Six I'm going to take Zach and Trevor off of upside, like for sure, right? But like, I want to. I want to do that when we're at that point where we're seeing them actually play. I like, know, but we're for going the next, off of this, if we're going off of this past season and what what other quarterbacks have done in the past, then I can't put Trevor Lawrence and Zach over Baker like right now, bro. I know, but this these next six months is just going to be us projecting. It's all we have. We have no football. I don't know how many times you plan on doing quarterback lists. I'm just, but we're talking about all these offseason previews, these free agent signings, we're talking about the draft. It's all going to be about how players fit and how we're projecting them in 2020. I feel like we're doing two different things. I don't want to be involved in a list where I'm basically saying I'm ranking these quarterbacks based on where I think they're going to finish next season. And I don't want to do a list I based off rank, like what I, happened last year. No, I want to rank these quarterbacks at where they are right now. Let's be honest. If we're going based off last season, Baker's bottom five quarterbacks in the NFL. If, if that's really the thing we want to do, he's bottom five. No, he's not. He might be. No, he's not. He was terrible last Zach, year. Zach, Trevor, Fields were all worse than that. Okay, why, so that's like, three. But like, are we really going to be like, who Like, who are you taking, Zach Wilson or Baker? Like, why? Come on. All right, so those are three. Who else would you take? Taylor Heineke was worse than him. Okay. He started. Davis Mills was better. I don't know about that. I think Davis Mills was better. Name me that last one, and I will give it to you. Jared Goff. Oh, you're a golf guy. That's too. close. That's close. I don't hate it though. It, it, that is close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up how close. I'm just saying, bro. I don't want to do. I don't want to do a list like that. No, yet. no, fair. That's. I fair. just want to do a list like right now. Like right now, these are the quarterback quarterbacks I have over. Let's break it down. Jared Goff averaged more yards per game, more touchdowns per game, less interceptions. Higher Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Mahomes, yep. Rogers, yep. Brady, Watson, Burrow, Herbert, Russ, Lamar, Stafford, Kyler, Dak, Kirk, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan. Um, Ryan Tannehill, that's 16. The one, list three times. The ones that I think are debatable, Carson Wentz, Mac Jones, Tua, and uh, I'm probably forgetting like a, a name. Jared Goff was easily better than Baker last season. It, re- it really wasn't close. I know what you're saying, and I, I understand what you're saying, but like this list, at least for me, I'm going off of last season, but also previous seasons as well, because Jim Baker Mayfield was injured last year. He was. That's like I'm giving him that benefit of the but doubt. I think it's I'd, only I'd rather fair. project forward than look at previous seasons because I don't really care what happened two years ago. I want to know what you can do for me in 2022. If you project forward, that means that you're always going to go with the person with the higher upside. Is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing, but we know that that's always a two way street. Okay, but also looking at past performances doesn't always work out. It works out better than projecting most more more times than to not. a degree. To a degree, I agree. Like for example, like okay. Michael Parsons was a generational talent coming out of Penn State, right? Was he? If yeah, I think he was. Like I thought he was generational. I think he was ridiculous. generational. Is high, but All I understand right. the sentiment. All right, okay. This is a better Highly example. touted. This is a better example because Mike is a bit different. I'm gonna use Jamar Chase. There we go. If we made a wide receivers list before the season, let's rank these top receivers, and you say Jamar Chase is number four. 
That's crazy as hell. Jamar Chase didn't play a snap in the but NFL. I, that's that's what I understand. No, no I'm saying now. I know. I'm saying I know. But if okay, if you're talking about playing snaps in the NFL, then Zach Wilson, Trevor, Justin Fields, and all these quarterbacks had bottom tier seasons. They had yeah. horrible seasons. I know horrible seasons. They did. That's what I'm saying. Like. If you're projecting off of upside, then every single time somebody gets drafted but high, we got to put them look, high. Look at the contracts that Wentz and Goff got. Those teams were looking at past seasons, and that's why they got paid. You're right. So some, some, I was yeah. going to say, like, sure, is looking forward not the best? Maybe. Looking back is not the best, too. I would just prefer to look at what are you going to do for me next year because I care more about what's going to happen next year than what you did two years ago. You know what I'm saying? No, I know what you're saying. And I agree with your saying, but I think for this, like, listen particular, that's why I don't want to throw in these second year players in. Okay, here. okay, sure. Like if after their looking... second, like if, if we, we can throw them in after like we can throw them in like in the middle of the season or the after the first couple of games, for sure. I'm with it. Listen, on my list, I didn't include them. Yeah, that's and why I didn't still yeah, yeah. he's he's not top twenty. I, mean, I don't know, bro. I think he's top I think he's if and, he's top twenty, he's like nineteen, bro. But again, we went over it off last season. He's a bottom five quarterback. I think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oof. Like I think he's he's, and it's significant too. Oh. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's Jimmy, really Jimmy close. Jimmy G had more yards, more touchdowns, one less interception. You took Jalen Hurts. He had eight percent. Baker had a completion. I think Baker's better than Hurts. Oh. Baker had a completion percentage of 60 percent. Carson Wentz. I think it's close. I'm taking, but Wentz. I think off of last season is Wentz, but. Carson Wentz has only had one great year. Baker has had two great seasons. His rookie season, would you consider it great? He did break for, the record. 26 yes. touchdowns. He won seven games after the team went on 16. He was great. He was great. That's what I'm saying. He was like, great. He's had two. That's what I'm saying. Out of Baker's four years in the NFL, he's had two great years. And the one bad year was he was injured. The other bad year was Freddie Kitchens was the head coach. Um. Off topic, but real quick, uh, the athletic Matt Barrow, Barrow is reporting that Jimmy G's market is Indianapolis and Indianapolis only. Yeah, pretty much where I thought it was going to go. So there's no market for him. So what's going on with Baker? Where is Baker going to go? The hope is that the Sean Watson trade will eventually create a secondary market. But this appears to be yet another transaction that is being held up as Watson's decision, which is a four teams take his talents, which a four teams to take his talents to in 2022. Regardless of what he, regardless of what heats up, it does seem like Garoppolo to Indy continues to be the chalk pick. I think it's inevitable that Jimmy Garoppolo ends up with the Colts unless Baker goes there. But I just want to give some context. Like we talked, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about Baker because I don't want to be on this uh, more than like what I'm gonna say to be honest. Um, we always talk about Tua and how like his career is starting out similarly to like Drew Brees, right? But in reality, Baker Mayfield, the start of his career, is starting out similarly to Drew Brees. You look at the numbers, they're identical. I'm not saying Baker's Drew Brees, but I'm saying if Baker leaves Cleveland and goes to a situation that has one of those offensive guys that are great and he gets that accuracy back that he had in college, we could be talking about Baker significantly different. He has different. shown in the NFL. Why Why do we think he's going to go A lot of ifs back? in this. Yeah, but he's also shown I mean. two great seasons in, in the NFL. Uh, when he has a great roster. Or I guess the tw- his, his rookie, rookie season, season did not great. have a great roster. Yeah, that's fair. And even in even in uh, his his third year in the NFL, he was, it was a great the roster. running game was elite. The offensive line was great. The defense was not good. They let up more points than they scored okay. that year. I know, but if we're talking about Baker's performance. No, I know. 
but they didn't have a wide receiver true number one. Jarvis Landry was there, yeah. but Odell got hurt. hurt. Baker played better when Odell was out. See, one thing also that we don't talk about in this playoff run, yes, he did win a game, but he could not win a game that Mahomes goes down and Chad Henney's the quarterback. The Chiefs defense was nice, though, bro. I can't be Chad Henney's an issue. Come on. But he's not going up against Chad Henney. He's going up against the Chiefs defense. Chad Henney put them away. You're, you're treating this Chiefs defense like it's a 2,000 Ravens. Come on, bro. It's still a great defense, though, bro. Like, Did you on. look at their, their schedule? Was it actually good or they just played bad teams? No, it was a great defense. I think it was a great defense. Mm. It was a great defense. That's what I'm saying. Like Baker won a playoff game. He played well against the Steelers. He played well against the Chiefs. He, he didn't Steelers put up team six points. He didn't play well. Apart. He didn't play well. I think it was whatever. And that, yeah. that Steelers game, they low-key almost came back and won. The Steelers did almost come back like, and won. And they were up like 24 or something ridiculous at one point. That's going to happen when you're on a team that is not accustomed to winning, though. You have a, a great run game. Listen, Baker, I see in a very similar light as Jimmy G. You're not, Baker is not elevating anyone points. around him. He is simply going to play in a system, and he could play well in a system if he has great weapons and great coaching. If he doesn't have that, he's going to fall apart. I don't disagree with you. And what your name, what you're saying right now, it goes for 20 starting quarterbacks. Probably more. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't. Think of Baker as a franchise guy. That's why I have no problem trading him, even though he won me a playoff game for the first time in 20 years. Like, Matt Ryan is great. You put him with Shanahan, he's MVP. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that goes for a lot of quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill was good. You put him with Arthur Smith, he's borderline MVP candidate in 2019 and 2020. But you're still, if you could, you could still upgrade from Tannehill. I know you can upgrade. I'm not saying you can't upgrade. But especially now in the NFL, like, upgrading is not... The easiest thing in the world, bro. The, the only reason why we're seeing it now is because we saw Russell Wilson frustrated in Seattle. We're Much seeing more Deshaun, player mobility. We're, so, we're seeing Deshaun Watson not wanting to be in Houston. That's why they're forcing their way out. But it's not easy to find these guys. And when you have a guy who you know is capable of I, winning, 100%. playing at a high level, you can't just move on from Yes, him. I agree. But the rare chances you do have a chance to upgrade, no Cleveland fan, the city, any fan should be upset at Baker or feel a type of way if you could get a guy like Deshaun, or it doesn't even have to be someone like Deshaun. If you could upgrade to a guy like Derek Carr, say, see it, Baker. I mean, feel some type of way in terms of, like, you're not mad that you're getting Deshaun, but I think they'd still be emotional that they don't have Baker, bro. They'd be upset for, like, I'd be, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be upset for, like, 20 minutes. I mean, just for, he, because I think, not I even. think he, bro, he did something for that city. If, you want a playoff uh, game. Are we talking, that was like, huge, bro, if we, it hasn't happened in 30 I, years. I, I get it, bro, but, like, what do you mean, up? bro? You're acting like he went to the Super Bowl or something. How like. did Bengals fans react after Joe Burrow won that first playoff game? They took him to the Super Bowl. No, no, Burrow I know. But, is clearly better than Baker. No, it's no, not close. But you're just missing the point of what I'm saying. But if in the, the Bengals, picture, who cares, bro? If the Bengals, if the Bengals just won that one playoff game, Bengals fans would have been satisfied. Yeah. Why? Because they have a franchise quarterback and they won a playoff game for the first time in forever. The second one is really why, though. The first one's more important. The second one's really why though they would they were happy because they won a playoff game for the first time since they released text messages, bro. Were they ecstatic when Andy Dalton took them to the playoffs? Yes, they weren't ecstatic that they lost. But like they, I'm sure all Bengals fans were fine if they could find a way to upgrade from Andy Dalton. I know, but Andy Dalton, they had great years with Andy Dalton. Was anyone though. upset when Andy Dalton when they drafted Joe Burrow because Andy Dalton had to leave? No, because they sucked that year. I was that's what I'm saying, bro. Like 
But Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton and, and Andy, Baker bro, that far off? Andy Dalton became one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, though. But is Andy is prime Andy Dalton and this Baker, how far off are they? Uh, not very, not I don't very. think. You know, it's not far off because Andy Dalton statistically had great statistics. I, I'm not going to deny that. That's what I'm, I'm saying. saying. But I'm saying, like, I just don't like the way you're undermining what Baker's done. I just think you're one not. Playoff win. But for them, it's a lot. Like I, for 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 some franchises, that's nothing. That's something that they expect yearly. For the Chiefs, it's a disappointment. But for the Browns specifically, that's a huge deal, bro. If Zach took us to the playoffs next year, bro, we're doing jumping jacks. But we'd also, I think you're, and real, we haven't been quick. to the playoffs in ten years. Browns fans haven't seen it since. Since twenty, real quick, uh, the Bucks and Chris Godwin agreed to extension, three years, sixty million, forty guaranteed. Very similar to what Mike Williams got. And Christian Kirk. Why is he getting similar money to Mike Williams? The W for the Bucks. Ugh. Torn ACL. That, that Mike Williams deal just looks worse and worse. Man. They could get out of it in two years, though. I just think you're underselling the importance or under underselling the perception of a franchise quarterback. I think it's it's obviously fans are going to appreciate and be very happy when you win a playoff game, but it's different when you win a playoff game and have a franchise quarterback like the Bengals compared to the Browns where you just win a franchise where you win a game, but you're still not sure if Baker's going to be your guy long-term. I don't think so because the, the Ravens won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Okay, we're talking about winning a Super Bowl. No, I know, but... Ravens when they was when they won they wasn't like oh man is he's not a franchise quarterback I'm not that happy about it. Well, we're talking about winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the Brown, bro that Browns playoff was like a Super Bowl to them. But it's not. But it was like to them. But it's not a Super Bowl. It's not a Super Bowl. No, but it was it's like to not. them. Bro, it's not. Yes, it a was the playoff, first time they did it in thirty. It's not it, like a Super Bowl. Bro, Nothing's for them like it was. It. Look at when the when the Cavaliers went to the finals. They weren't throwing parades because they went to the finals and lost. They were only extremely lit. When they brought the whole thing home. Did you not see Browns fans after that game ended? Of course they're happy. Did you happy. not see how they partied, bro? Of course they're happy they won a game. I know, but for them, it was a huge moment because it not was a like stepping stone in their Bowl. franchise. That's why. Bowl. I just think that you are being heavily critical of Baker Mayfield and you are being hypocritical in this situation because if other quarterbacks did exactly what Baker did, but they're just a little bit better, I never defended fine Kyler. with it. I never defended Kyler for that. All I said was you could live with it because he's phenomenal. You defended Kyler, bro. I, no, I said he should fire his agent. If he didn't approve it, his agent should be fired. We can run the tape back. I did not defend Kyler. Why the Kyler. hell would an agent do something without the approval of the player? I don't know. But to me, come on, I'll, bro. Like, come on. But Are we serious here? Obviously, he okayed it. All I'm saying is I we could go back and watch the tape. I did, was never for one second saying that's a good move by Kyler. Just like I'm saying... This isn't a good move by Baker. They're both bad moves. It's just Kyler you live with because of how great he is. Baker's average. So Kyler you live with, although he's done nothing. Can you stop have with you, the nothing? Have you he's watched, had no playoff games. Have, have, no have, have, have you? Oh, who would you rather have, Kyler or uh, or Baker? I would have Kyler, but who's done more in the NFL so far? I don't. Why do you? When he quarterback? When he's on a quarterback stat, bro? Why do you care? But I'm saying Baker also has stats to back it up. Kyler's he has better. He has two not great Kyler's. seasons. Kyler's not stats Kyler's. are better. Well, Kyler blows does. out of the water. Well, actually, Kyler have, the second half of the season he drops off. Or have you ever seen? Have you seen Kyler play a single game ever? Of course, I've seen Kyler play. Him, what type of question? Him play is that? football and Baker playing football. It might as well be different sports. The things Kyler does on the field compared to Baker, it's it's freshman versus varsity. It is. Um, no disrespect no. to Baker. Kyler's one of the most talented QBs in the league. Baker's just simply. He's a guy. He's average. And we've seen average win. We've seen Jimmy G win. We've seen Flacco win. I'm not saying he can't win. 
I'm just saying, if you could upgrade, do it. That's not what the only thing you've been saying this entire and, time. Though. Yeah, and don't and I'm not living with all of the nonsense because he's been doing this basically since he's got there. This was an issue. Maturity was an issue in college too. You said he's been doing that, but you just named the Duke Johnson example and calling out the medical staff. What did he call him out for specifically? One of the injuries, it was either him or Odell. There was some injury that was going on. He called out the medical staff. I don't have the quote in front of me, but we both know what happened. Okay, so just because of that, he's all of a sudden not a leader and he's not, he's immature as hell. That's why. This has been a very common thing. I mean, why would the Browns come out and say we want an adult if they didn't feel as if he wasn't already immature? I mean, that's just how they feel. And that's, and after, and they said that after Baker released that statement. So that's a that to me is a direct clap back Bro, at Baker's statement. You're telling statement. me Baker's not a noisy quarterback? Like he I'm makes not more headlines than ninety percent of the other NFL starting quarterbacks. What type of headlines though? Like he's just in commercials. We we talked about calling out Duke Johnson, his issues in college, the medical staff. Bro, what headlines though? Like the only headline all season for Baker has been the OBJ thing. That's all it's been. Listen, uh, we're obviously on different parts. I think Baker is a noisy guy who makes a lot of unwarranted headlines. It could be immature at times. You obviously feel a different type of way. I'm not sure what proof you have of that, but I think we can, we've been talking about this for an hour. I think we can move on. All right. So on to the AFC West rankings, this is the best division in football. We can probably all agree. And I want to get your guys take on which team do you think is better or is the best right now ranking them or just get your take on how tough this division is going to be. This upcoming season. For me personally, I look at I I I split this into different categories. For quarterback, Chiefs got the best quarterback. Chargers come second. Broncos are third. Raiders are fourth. Running game, Broncos are first. Chargers are second. Raiders are third. Chiefs are fourth. Offensive line, Chiefs are first. Chargers are second. Broncos are third. Raiders are last. Receivers, tight end. Chiefs are first, Chargers are second, Broncos are first, Raiders are last. Front seven, Chargers are first, Raiders are second, Chiefs are third, Broncos are last. Secondary, Chargers are first, Broncos are second, Chiefs are third, Raiders are last. Coaching. Coaching, Chiefs are first, Chargers are second, Raiders are third. Broncos are last. Very low in Nathaniel. I was going to say, Broncos and Raiders are really a toss-up. Josh McDaniels, to me, has done more. Like what? As a head coach? Not as a head coach, but just his offensive scheme. I mean, Belichick's coordinators do not have a good history. I know what you're saying, but just... But Josh McDaniels has done more. Like, he has a he has a more well-rounded reputation than Nathaniel Hackett. We'll, we'll see. I'll, we'll see. So, my outlook on the AFC West... Rankings are tough for me because we know where I'm going to land. All right, you guys don't want to really hear my AFC West rankings. I'm going to put the Broncos, and I'm not going to look anywhere else. I'm going to. Igno- We're not going to get two to four. No, no, no. We don't. I don't. I don't have time for that. However, I will acknowledge that Chargers have made some great moves, without a doubt. This offseason, they were stellar, bringing in JC, addressing the defensive line, bringing in Khalil Mack. Great moves made by the team. Now I'm looking at it from this sense: the Chiefs are a great team. Yes. Offensively, they're amazing. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you are going to, to be successful. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey definitely helped that case. Andy Reid's one of the more brilliant offensive minds. Defensively, I do still have my concerns. And now for the first time in our lives, we've seen Mahomes fold under pressure, which is really something that we never thought that we'd see. In moments where Mahomes needed to be 
the 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 X factor of a game. We saw it more often than not him take over a game for the first time in his young career. We saw him fold to the Bengals at home. Now I'm seeing a team in my Denver Broncos have a quarterback with a mindset of there is nothing or anyone that I really have any type of fear towards. I go onto that field. I play to my best abilities. End result is going to be more often than not winning a football game. But in that sense of, I don't really care who's on the opposing team's lines. I care about our guys and I know what we're capable of. Russ has a different mindset that he's bringing to the to the Broncos, and that's what I genuinely look forward to seeing most. A confident, a prepared quarterback taking helm for the Broncos. Now, we look at the Raiders. Now, Raiders are a team that I've constantly overlooked, and I say that because their offensive line was in shambles going into the season. But somehow, someway, Derek Carr still found a way to make it work and to still win ballgames. Defense definitely played a part in it. Their pass rush was, was, was excellent. Their secondary had played very well for a majority of the season. But all in all, they did not have the defensive talent to ultimately get to that next level. They didn't have the offensive line to get to that next level. It was a lot of Derek Carr scrambling out of the pocket, having to make plays happen. And for a majority, he was he was pretty solid of it. But a lot of his mistakes came from having to scramble outside the pocket and make things happen. You don't want that, especially with, with a quarterback with Derek Carr who's getting up there in age. Yes, he can do it. Yes, he has the capabilities to make exciting plays outside of the pocket. But at this point in time, you don't want that. And going into the season right now, it's looking as if they're going to have a similar type of problem. I'm looking at it from this sense. The Broncos' biggest need has been quarterback since Peyton Manning has left the NFL. Now, right now, as we stand in this offseason, in March 16th, 2022, our biggest need right now is linebackers. We addressed our defensive line. Randy Gregory, regardless of the contract, five years, $70 million. It's only $28 million guaranteed. I don't, yeah. I don't hate the contract. It's the exact same contract that Dallas was going to offer him. He just wanted to come to us because he liked the terms more than he liked Dallas's contract, the wording of it. We bring in DJ Jones, who just had a career high in tackles. Our defensive line is set for next season. Would I have loved Von Miller or Chandler Jones? Sure, but we save a little bit of money now. Now we can go and target a Bobby Wagner. Now we can potentially bring back Price Callahan. Now we can save a little bit of money for Kareem Jackson to come back. It, it allowed us to be a little bit more flexible with the money that we have left to spend with the available free agents available. Lyle Collins is still a, a name that we're interested to come in and bring in at right tackle. These are still guys that could potentially still come to the Broncos. So as we currently stand, I'll respect the Chiefs for the fact that they're the Chiefs and they have been to the AFC Championship almost every single season. I think every single season that Patrick Mahomes has been there. They've been to the AFC Championship. Yep. I'll give them that respect. The Broncos are coming. It's going to take a few weeks for us to get fully invested into our team chemistry in terms of timing with receivers, Russell really getting a hold of the the offense, but that's not going to take long. At most, two to three weeks. It's going to take some time for sure because he's in a new system for the first time in a while, new head coach, but Russell is a smart guy in between sets. For sure. But Russ, in in between his eyes, he is one of the more brilliant quarterbacks in the league. He reads the field better than most quarterbacks in the NFL and still has one of the best deep balls in the NFL. Right there, I have the Broncos. We really could comp- We really could contend for that top spot in the AFC West. 
it's a dogfight in this AFC West. There's there's really no bad team that I'm looking at. Chargers coming in three, who I do I do believe will still make the playoffs as a wild card spot. And in last place, I'm going to have the Raiders. I think the Raiders made it in last season because the Chargers defense was nowhere near up to par of where it needed to be. And it cost them game after game last season. And if they had an even average defense, they make the playoffs. Now they've really addressed all their holes defensively, or at least a good portion of their holes off uh, defensively. And offensively, you should have no worries. You have Justin Herbert a top five quarterback talent in the NFL. You have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, still one of the more impressive weapons rooms in the NFL. They should be looking at, at the minimum, making the playoffs this season. That's been their goal these last couple of years, but you don't make moves like this, bring in a J.C. Jackson, trade for a Khalil Mack, if you're not trying to contend for a Super Bowl. But even as it stands right now, I still like the way that the Broncos are set up and the Chiefs are set up more. And then the last and Raiders. I just think that right now their roster is just not up to par with the rest of them. You think Derek Carr is getting up there in age? In terms of needing to not be out of the pocket? He's 30. Any type of career you could... Doesn't matter at what age you really are. Do you think he's getting out of the pocket a ton? A lot of the plays that he was making mistakes on were throws out of the pocket that he was trying to, to make something happen. He was actually better statistically outside the pocket, though. Because he was a lot... He was doing a lot more outside of the pocket... But uh, specifically against the Colts, he threw his two interceptions on plays, scrambling outside of the pocket, he was throwing crossbody. There's so there's just seems to be always something after that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Fair. Was he hurt really against? No, he, he was hurt against Colts. So was he hurt against the Bengals when he played great? No, he was wasn't. he hurt against the Chargers when he played great? No, but he got injured in the Colts game and came back and finished the game. He got hurt in that game. I feel like even still, the one pick that I'm talking about specifically where he was scrambling outside the pocket and, and threw across body. I'm just was, saying, he's not old, bro. He's 30. No, no, he's getting up. Listen, as you grow older, regardless, 30 is young, but in NFL, especially when you're it's putting young. your body on the line. For a quarterback, it's young. To, yeah, bro, you just, sure. Russell, no, Russell is 33. You like, he has eight years left. In my opinion, though, Russell is a smarter quarterback in the sense where he doesn't put himself in harm's way. The only time we saw Russell really get injured was on a, a freak throw that hit Aaron Donald's helmet. I mean, I'm just saying, bro, like... No, you're right. Derek yeah, yeah that's fine. I'm, he's getting older. That's what I meant to say. He's still getting older, and but still you, you to, don't you want to put him in his harm's way. You kind of meant it like you don't want him going outside the pocket because he's aging. I, I I don't want that. Do you not want Russ to either? To a degree, no. I but really that's don't. Russ makes some of his biggest plays. Some of them, yes. But at the same time, he's still smart enough to know when to get down. He's Derek a, Carr doesn't have he's that. He's arguably the best broken play quarterback in the league. Oh, for though. sure. We're talking about Russell Wilson yeah. compared to Derek Carr. There's levels. For sure. Um, I agree with you on the Raiders. I think they're going to be fourth. I don't, I'm not going to get too much into depth. I think we're all agree there. They just The roster's not there. They obviously have the fourth best quarterback, even though Derek Carr is still really good in his own right. Just the other three guys are you know elite. I still have the Chiefs coming in first in this division. Um, to me, it's between... It wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs, Chargers, or Broncos win it. I think they all have around an equal chance. I'm giving the edge to the Chiefs just because they've done it for four straight seasons. Andy Reid's the best head coach. And I think Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback out of the three. Even though if you want to make the argument for the other two, I'm, I'm not going to fight you too hard. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I still look at the Chiefs' offensive line. Their offensive line is phenomenal. The best receiving duo, duo in Kelsey and Tyree Kill in the NFL... Losing Honey Badger and Jadarius Ward definitely hurts. It's going to hurt their secondary. They did replace um, Honey Badger with um, Justin Reed, who's someone that I feel like maybe has not played up to parts because of the scheme and how he's been utilized in Houston. But I think in Kansas City, winning culture, Spags' defense, I expect him to return to a level that all of us expect to play. I think Justin Reed is still one of the better safeties in the league, and they gave him a ton of money too. Um, in second place, I have the Chargers. 
I think the moves they made this offseason before the before the um, free agency started, them and Denver were neck and neck. I really couldn't choose, but the moves they made acquiring Cleo Mack, CJ, uh, uh, JC Jackson, um, as well as on the defensive line, interior defensive line, they upgraded to re-signing Mike Williams. I think the moves they made there put them over the top for the Broncos, getting a premier edge rusher, a premier cornerback, you know, really high positional value guys. I think that slightly puts them over Denver. Obviously, having Herbert, you're going to be there year in and year out. He's top five quarterback in the league. And Brandon Staley also has a year under his belt. You know, maybe he's going to look back and see the mistakes he made in that playoff game, possibly going for it on fourth down too much, even though I'm all for it. I think having a year under your belt is going to help compared to Nathaniel Hackett, who only has, um, who's going to be a rookie head coach for the first time. And then third place is going to be the Denver Broncos. I still expect them to compete for the division. I expect them to compete and without a doubt, get a wild card as long as Russ is able to stay healthy. They have the high upside weapons in Judy and Sutton and the rest of the guys with Hamler in them. Great running game, Javante Williams, who I'm incredibly high on. It sounds like Melvin Gordon's going to be walking, so Javante can really get the full back uh, backfield and really break out and, and turn into a potential top five running back that we all think he, he has potential to do so. Huge um, You mentioned bringing in DJ Jones to beef up the interior defensive line. That was big, too. Signing Randy Gregory, which... Big contract at first, but you could get out of it in two years with only $6 million in dead cap. So it's not this contract that's going to strap you for years to come. It's someone that could come, rush the passer for a couple of seasons. He is approaching 30. I want to say he's 29, so probably towards the end of his uh, end of his prime. But someone that could sell at least bring value to you know to the edge uh, position. Still need to bring back the secondary pieces. Kareem Jackson, Fuller, Callahan, all free agents. It sounds like you think Callahan and Jackson are more likely to come back than Fuller. Definitely think you need to, you know, bring back a couple of those guys. Um, but I, I just think right now the Chargers having a little bit more experience together, a little more continuity together, while also bringing in really elite, elite players at corner and edge just gives me the edge over them, over Denver. Real quick, does continuity really play that much of a factor in NFL today in the sense of Tom Brady joins, joins the Bucks year one championship? You have Matthew Stafford join the Rams year one championship. Is that the deciding factor for you? You also have proven borderline elite head coaches who have done it before. And also Fair that, enough. that entire roster was, you can say, had continuity. They were just adding Brady. And our Your team roster, is just adding Russ. For the most part, yeah. yeah. Your team is adding the head coaching coaches, staff. McVay, facts, Arians. That's facts. That's yeah, facts. We are adding staff. It's an entire yeah. yeah, I agree. Bringing just placing a quarterback in is not a big deal, just how easy offenses, you know, nowadays. But having that coaching staff. And that it's LA, Brady, too. Yes. That LA and, and the Russ is not close to Brady. Let's not talk about Russ like he's some bum. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's not close to Brady. Retired tomorrow, he's a Hall of Famer. Not a doubt. But Brady's the GOAT, though. Okay, again, Matthew Stafford. Let let's talk about that because that's closer. What I'm just saying in the sense of you're saying let's not talk about Brady because he's the greatest ever. But here's my example of Matthew Stafford going to a new situation year one and winning a but championship. But continuity though, they had it was the exact same roster, coaching staff. Okay, I scheme. understand that. Lost My but. point is you're saying like let's not talk about Brady, but here's Matthew Stafford who Russ has been better than. Yeah. It's different though because Sean McVay's scheme is simpler than Bruce Arians. No quarterback could have did what Brady did with Bruce Arians. Every quarterback in their first season has high interception numbers with Arians. Tom Brady didn't. What he did was honestly spectacular in year one with yeah, the Bucs. There's a, there's a, there is a reason why he's the greatest of all time. The Chargers are easily the best team in the AFC West. It's not. It's easily? really. It's it's not even close. Okay. It's not even close. That's ridiculous to say that with the with the Chiefs going Making to four, four straight, straight AFC two is Super nuts. Bowls with 
Andy Reid, Mahomes. What, what are we smoking on? The Chiefs, <laughs> Tyron Matthew not bringing him back. Eric Reid is a downgrade. There's no doubt about that. Charvarius Ward was their best corner last season. Definitely was. There's no doubt about that. He's gone. Legereus Sneed holds a lot. He still gets penalized a lot. He's super Rashad, Rashad Fenton is okay. He had a good season. He, he's okay. I like him. Charverish Ward is going to be a, a big loss, and they don't have any interior pre, um, interior presence right now because Derek Nottie's a free agent. Um, Still have Chris Jones, probably. Yeah, Clark. but they have Chris Jones, Frank Clark. That's it, though. Is Melvin Gordon not line. coming back? Melvin, Ingram. I don't know if he's not coming back, but we'll he's see. a free agent, so yeah. he's not back yet. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. have two players on that defensive line. The offensive line is great. The weapons are great. There's no doubt about it that, that they have Mahomes. But top to bottom, when you look at the Chargers and Chiefs, it's not a comparison. The Chargers have a far better roster. They have a far better front four. The only the only place the Chiefs are better at is their linebackers because they have Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. That's it. Secondary, J.C. Jackson, he's one of the best corners in the NFL. He's elite. We'll see. What do you mean, we'll see? You usually lead the league in interceptions because you're getting targeted. He was targeted a ton. He let up. He allowed... He was targeted a hundred times. I want to say he only allowed about fifty percent completion percentage. He was great, but he was targeted a ton. But he's elite, though. Yeah. That, that, come on, we're not, come on. He's let's great. not even debate this. He's elite. He's really, really good. He's an elite player. Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be a star. He has definitely. Derwin upsides. James is elite. He's amazing. Healthy. He's amazing. And then you talk about Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Amazing. They're elite. Sebastian Joseph Day is a really good starter. Offensive line. They had one of the best offensive lines in football. You still have Keaton Allen and Mike Williams. You still have Austin Eckler. In the draft, they can they can go multiple anywhere, directions. Anywhere. They can draft a Chris Olave. They can draft that that boy out of uh, um Georgia, Jordan Davis, the defensive Correct. tackle. They can draft him. You can draft the linebacker, Nicobe Dean, maybe. You can go in so many different directions. I, I don't think the Chargers are done yet. Another They're interesting not done move they moves. could go, especially with the fact that they just signed these guys to long-term deals. You have two X-factor weapons in Mike Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Jameson Williams, you wait on him. You give him. You give Justin Herbert Jameson Williams. Scary. Oh my goodness. Scary. Oh my goodness. The Chargers have the advantage of that. They're the only team in the division with a rookie with a quarterback on a rookie contract. That in itself is a huge advantage, and they have a roster that is better than any team in the division. They are going to win the AFC West. There's no doubt about it. Number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yo, the no Chiefs, doubt. The, the like confidence you have in the Chargers pounding the table and just throwing out the Chiefs for the most part is crazy. And the Broncos. Oh, I'm not worried about. The, I'm really not worried about the, the Broncos. The Broncos. I'm at not. All. I'm not as. Going crazy. I'm not about worried about the Broncos coach, at all. But like I we're throwing out the Chiefs who just got a fourth AFC championships in and two yeah, Super Bowls. Cool. You're going to hear it. Again. I, I like. Listen, the Chargers wouldn't surprise me. I think they'll be within a game of each other. But saying there's no doubt in your mind is, is crazy. But that's why it's my opinion. I right, respect the Chiefs. You picked a side on this one. It's a new. The Chiefs <laughs> are the second best team in that division. Terrible. Okay. They have. They still. They have the best offensive line in that division. Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey. Joe Tooney, that's the best interior offensive line in the NFL. I fear for Lucas Niang on the right side because he's going to be going up against a lot of elite pass rushers. But still, nonetheless, they brought Josh Gordon back, so maybe they think he can do something. That's exciting. I hope so, man. I pray for him. I worry about that secondary a ton. They started out flat this past season. They were one of the worst defenses. They picked it up later on in the year. I'm not sure if the same thing happens, but that's a concern. Patrick Mahomes, he's Patrick Mahomes. Nothing to Overrated. say there. <laughs> oh, God. The third team is tough for me. 
because I look at what the Raiders just did and they got Chandler Jones with Max Crosby. To me, that is one of the best pass rushing duos in the sure. NFL. It might it might be better than Bosa and Khalil Mack. I got the numbers right here. It's it's like not even close. Max Pro, Max Crosby by himself had 101 pressures last season. Combined Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, and I took Khalil Mack's 2020 season where he played the entire year. They only had about 10 more pressures than him that he did alone. He was spectacular. I look at their secondary, it's getting better. Nate Hobbs played phenomenal in the slot this past year. Um, Corey Littleton, I think, can have a can be better this upcoming season. I think they figured out the safety spots. Trayvon Merrick was really good for them. He's a he ball was, hawk. For sure. You look at Darren Waller on offense, Hunter Renfro, and I think Josh McDaniels is going to implement a play action system in Las Vegas because Derek Carr is best when he's on the move. He's his best when he's in play action. That's where he's at his best. And he thrived in it last year. They just didn't run it that much. I think the Raiders are going to be a play action heavy team this upcoming season, much like the Patriots were. The Raiders last year were a bad red zone team. They were bad in situational downs. Those were all those were all areas where the Patriots thrived in. And I would say the Patriots had less offensive weapons than the Raiders, even though they had a better offensive line. I think the off- offensive system, Derek Carr is finally going to have somebody that knows what he's doing on offense. Not that John Gruden didn't, but I think Josh McDaniels is much more advanced than John Gruden, and his scheme is much more advanced and complicated. I look at the Broncos. There's too many what-ifs. You talk The defensive line, yeah, you guys picked up Randy Gregory and DJ Jones. I, those are good moves. doesn't move me, though. It's not like getting a Von Miller. It's not like getting a Chandler Jones. Those moves don't move me. You still have gaping holes at linebacker. You still have gaping holes in the secondary. Debatable. Because you're counting on Caden Stearns to come in and play great. Even though I'm high on Caden Stearns. Ronald Darby, I'm not high on. I like Pat Sertan. Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, I know he's elite. Thank you. But really, it's like... I think that defense is going to drop off significantly next year. I don't think so. Significantly. Then I look at your offense. It's a and thing of art. And your <laughs> offense, your it's offense is going to be one of the more fun ones to watch Amen. in football. Give me that. Mm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Can't wait. But that offense, like I said last show, it's not going to be better than the Bengals. It will be. Not going to be better than the Bills. Not going to be better than the Chiefs. Not going to be better than the Chargers. Could be. And... You know what? I, I won't throw in this curveball in here, but do it. Come Please, on, no, bro. Do it. I think you'll be the fifth best offense in the AFC, which is good. That's great. Which it's yeah, it is great. There's no doubt that's great because it's AFC dominant the NFL right now. But the Broncos to me just don't move me. I might be a bit disrespectful to you guys by putting you last, finishing in the division. Wait, you're seriously putting us last? Yeah. Wow. I might put you guys last. I'm actually going to do it right now. You talk about Russell Wilson. Oh, man, he loves to compete. Well, yeah, a lot of great quarterbacks do. Derek Carr, I'm sure, loves to compete. Herbert loves to compete. Mahomes loves to compete. Where has that got Russell Wilson in the past four years? He's 1-3 in in the playoffs. So all that never backing down from challenges, it's got him 1-3 in in the playoffs. He's carried some bad teams. He has carried some bad teams, there's no doubt about it. But a lot of his early success that we praised Russell Wilson for early in his career was... Because of that defense, 
the Seattle Seahawks won a Super Bowl despite Russell Wilson throwing four interceptions in an NFC Championship game. That was a different game, by the way. 2015? It was a different game. I know which game you're talking about. It was the second time around when they faced the Patriots. No, he threw four interceptions against the Packers. The, 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 so the, the year they lost the Super Bowl. You're telling correct. Me. That was okay. the year after. Okay. So my point being, though, he still threw the game-winning touchdown. So do an onside kick. Do, no, that, that, was a, that was an overtime. Touchdown I'm talking about was an overtime. So through adversity, through having a tough game, even okay. still, he can sat your in Broncos, that pocket. Can your Broncos survive four picks by Russell Wilson? Yeah. Defensively? Yeah. Okay. I don't think that he'll throw four I, picks ever in this season, but... I think the Broncos are being overrated. I think people think Russell Wilson was just an easy fix. I love it. And we see oh, the we see it. Brady going to the Bucks. We saw Stafford going to the Rams. And now everybody's expecting, oh, now the rest is on the Broncos. Easily Super Bowl contenders. That's not the case. You got to be on the right side of history, my the friend. The Chargers are going to run away with this division. I don't think so. They're going to run away Broncos with the division. Broncos fourth is nuts, bro. It's absolutely nuts. This agenda of yours. I mean, I have strong. third, so I guess I can't talk crazy shit, but like... I, I could have easily put us first. I decided to chill. Wait till we get Bobby. Wait till we resign Bryce. I am talking reckless. The biggest move that happened, and now like the AFC West is filled with great pass rushers, but we can agree the Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb don't stack up next to these elite guys. I don't disagree. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby are now teammates in Las Vegas. Joey Bose and Khalil Mack are now teammates in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Which duo is better? Real quick. Because I, I was looking at this too. I have Max Crosby with 42 pressures last season, not 100. 100 seems absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he only had eight sacks last year. Let me double check. Yeah, because um, so what I did was I did a little math, you know. So I went back these oh, last. That's, that's that's good of you, yeah, bro. You know, you know, I'm a scholar, always learning. These. So I looked at every player's last two full seasons because you know Chandler Jones dealt with injuries, Mac dealt with injuries, and I added it all up, right? So for the Raiders totals, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, total pressures, 150. Total QB hits, 85. Total sacks, 44.5. Now the Chargers totals, total pressures, 173. So 23 more than the Raiders who had 150. 78 quarterback hits compared to the Raiders, 85. And 39 and a half sacks to the Raiders, 44 and a half. What are you, what are you showing me here? Is this the pressures? 101. I think, I think that's adding up. Uh, pro uh, Pro Football Reference has him at 42. So I wonder what the discrepancy is there because that's a huge discrepancy. It might not be pressures. It might be like quarterback hits or something. No, this is QB pressures. Hurries plus knockdowns plus all sacks. Yeah, PFF plays. has 101 total pressures, 10 sacks, 19 hits, 72 hurries. It's taken into account the playoffs too, but they only played one playoff game. Yeah. I wonder why there's such a huge difference. Um, but regardless, looking at the numbers I did, it's really close, right? The Chargers had 23 more total pressures, but they had less QB hits, less sacks. You can't go wrong either way. These are probably the two best pass rushing duo- duos in the league. Right now, I'm probably siding with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. I think they're two guys who their ceiling is just a bit higher than the other two, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. 
But if you guys feel differently, I, I'm not going to push back crazy. Like, I'm going to push back crazy saying the Broncos are going to be fourth in division. I think that's nuts. But these are the two best pass rush duos in the league. I just think Mack and Bosa could be at a different level than Chandler and Crosby. I'm just going to backpack because I don't disagree strongly at all. I agree wholeheartedly. I look in the sense of Khalil Mack last season got banged up and still was a dominant force. You pair that with Joey Bosa, who's still one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. You pair them together. That gets scary. You have Khalil Mack, who's now coming into a new situation where he's revitalized. He's coming in hungry this year. As long as he can stay healthy and you pair that with Joey Bosa, they could easily be the best line, the, the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. I think Max Crosby and Chandler Jones are the best duo pass rushing wise. I think they're significantly better as pass rushers. But Chandler Jones isn't the best run defender. Max Crosby is good as a run defender. He's not great. That's where Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack separate from them. They're great at pass rushing, but they're also great run defenders, specifically Khalil Mack. And that's where I think all around they have the edge. But if we're strictly talking pass rushing, Crosby had 101 pressures alone in 2021. I think Crosby and Chandler Jones, that's the best pass rushing duo in the NFL right now. I don't hate it. I think they're really solid. But yeah, the Chargers duo and the Raiders duo together... The Chargers, like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, had 125 pressures in their last two full seasons, or in their last full season. Crosby had 101. That's the thing. What's the record for most pressures in a season? I have no idea. I really want to know why there's such a huge, like, I'm on pro football reference. He has 42 pressures in 2021. This is combining hurries, knockdowns, and sacks. And where are the total pressures on that? 101. I know, but like, what is it adding up? Hurries. Hurry 72, sacks 10, hits 19. Sounds like they have a discrepancy. And he had 41 run stops. They must have a huge discrepancy in hurries. Yeah, we they have hurries for Crosby at 13. Yeah, he had 72 hurries here. That's really weird. I believe it, though, because just with my, from my, what my eyes tell me, Max Crosby, every game he was dominating for the most part. I wonder why there's such a huge difference. But that's going to do it for episode 163 of the Pick Aside Podcast. You guys can follow us on Instagram and on TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. Thank you for watching and or listening, and we'll see you next time.